Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. Yep. Welcome to episode five of the Friendly Sparring Podcast. The podcast where we analyze your favorite 90s TV shows and talk about their historical significance. I'm Juice, and I'm joined by my always brilliant co-host, Leo. What's up, baby? Hey, man. How's it going? Um, You know what I'm really excited to get into today? Angry Beavers. (laughs) Dude, that show is amazing. Gen Z kids will not know the glory that we experienced with like Nickelodeon cartoons in the 90s. Like fucking... I don't know if this is Nickelodeon, but Rocket Power. Yep. That Angry Beavers, like you said. Obviously, and this wasn't Nickelodeon, but Street Sharks. They'll never know. Yeah, we we kind of got the leftovers as well. Like we had like a good mix of like er, early 90s and like late 90s cartoons that have become like monumentally big. Like, you know, Street Sharks was kind of an early 90s one. Um, and then like, like right at the new decade, uh, new millennium or whatever, I think it premiered in like the year 2000, the fucking X-Men cartoon. Yeah. Wait. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Wait, which X-Men cartoon? Uh, I think it was X-Men Evolution or something. The one where they're in school. And... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the good you know, one. That's, that's all. It's preference. It's preference. Yeah, well, it's, it's the best. Anyway, it's bad. welcome to Friendly Sparring. <laughs> Uh, how was your week, bro? Uh, <clears throat> it was good, man. Um, I was just, you know what? I was just chilling all week. Honestly, just, just, just hanging out, not doing much. But um, I did. Uh, uh, I have this thing where I get high and I watch. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Um, I uh, anime, I, right? And I watch anime, and I'm watching this new one right now. Um, and I just recently finished it. It's called Demon Slayer. And bro, anime high is like the best thing ever. I can't, I can't express to you if anyone's ever gotten high and like kind of been aimless in a sense of like not thinking about anything or doing like having a focus on something. Sometimes it can get kind of bad. Like you're just like, sometimes you get paranoid, whatever. But when you got something to focus on and then more importantly, it's anime, which like defies the laws of everything. Um, it's it's the this one's called demon slayer we looked it up it was the anime of the year and my friend was complaining because like we should have started slow but this is too good he's like he was like this is the best thing i've ever seen and i'm also high i was crying laughing at the at the finale um because it was so the graphics were so amazing anyway everyone check out demon slayer this podcast is brought to you by demon slayer um so yeah yeah i'll tell you what this podcast is not brought to you by Nope. Something we can't say. It's funny when before you mentioned the getting high and watching anime, you were just like, "Oh, weekend was like my week was chill," and I was like, "What aren't you saying? What are you leaving out?" But then uh, you you said you kind of said it, so you diverted what, that. What else would I have said? I don't know. What 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 would you have said? Um. <laughs> It's okay. I'm not trying to gaslight you. Uh, I'm, a, I'm I'm I am actually a little bit confused. I was like, what else did I do? You didn't, and that's. 
I mean, I don't know. Thanks for this, knowing I didn't do jack shit this week. Well, this this podcast is also our opportunity to catch up as friends. So I'm just trying to see what went on in your life. Uh, absolutely. Goddamn literally nothing. That's what happened. Uh, well. And you can tell by the heat on my fucking voice what it is about. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering whether or not we should do like weekly updates. Like how how's that going? But no, no, no. no it's it's becoming more and more depressing as we go on. <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell you what wasn't depressing. These fucking fights. Well, yep. <laughs> except for the main event, which we'll obviously get there <laughs> when we get there. But yeah, uh, start us off. Let me uh, yeah. let me pull it up here, and you let me know what you thought of these fights. Uh, so yeah. we're obviously gonna stick with our normal format. We're just gonna pick a prelim that we thought was uh, exciting and interesting to talk about, and then we'll dive into the main card. So start us off. All right. So, um, boy, my pick. I mean, it's first of all, hey. Uh, two weeks in a row, prelims on fire. So that's cool. Right. Um, that, that was pretty amazing. Actually, weirdly enough, uh, with the exception of maybe the Eric and like the Eric Anders thing, like happening, um, again, like it actually happened almost the same way. The prelims were really good, and then right as the main event starts, some weird thing happens, and then everyone's like. What? And then the card starts to get like really weird. Yeah. That's exactly what happened last week. Everyone was like, well, this fight, this, 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 this is so amazing. It's such a great night of fights. And then fucking Rakic uh, and Santos were like, yeah, Santos, oh, let's just like, lay an egg. Let's just yeah. lay a fucking stinker. Yeah. So that was anyway. Um, but you know who deserves the shine? And not to, you know, man, I don't know. Okay. My pick for prelim of the night is the charles air jordan thanks for turning the d into a th keep going yep. uh against uh against that mar marcello 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 that's marcello marcello rojo yeah marcello rojo you know what's um, interesting? It may be Marcello because oh, I, don't, I, I forget what they said on the broadcast, but I think he's um, from Argentina, and oh right, there's a oh. large concentration of uh, Italian people in Argentina. Like I was saying, there's another fighter that uh, Argentinian fighter that made his debut a few years ago, Loreano Staropoli, like the most Italian name of all time. But he's like, oh, I'm from Argentina. Uh, yeah, so it could so, be Marcello, bro. Air Jordan. First of all, hey great fucking fight no bonus Ugh. no bonus i snubbed. saw it. i saw it no bonus for him it got performed it was a bunch of performances i mean they might have announced fight of the night later but it looked like it was just four four performance bonuses which i was a little bit pissed about because jordan fucking took a seat in between rounds two and three he said if i'm gonna be champion I'm going to beat this guy right now. And all the people in this corner were like, what are you talking about? Like, it's not, it's not even possible. And he's like, no, but like, if I do it, it's going to be me and I'm going to win. And they're like, Oh, okay. Okay. Charles. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. We won't throw in the towel. Okay. We got it. And then like, he was like, yeah, don't get in my way. And they left 
the fucking octagon and then he got up and whooped the shit out of Marcelo. I mean, good God. He was already doing a great job, but them motherfucking jets got turned the fuck on and his hands started flying loose. He yeah. was loose, oh, baby. Like the loosest thing I've ever seen. That pep talk, I mean, seriously, it was so, like, it felt very anime like. Like I said, nobody was telling him he could do it. He was like, I can do it. And everyone was like, oh, well, like, but, 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 like, but you, you got to go home. Like, what, what's going to happen? Like, they're all just like really scared of him for some reason, all of his coaches. <laughs> but even the, if there's anyone respectable in his coach's corner, I don't give a shit. They were all scared of Charles Rodin at that moment. Also, most French name of all time. But also, I love the fact that he made his middle, I mean, his fucking. Nickname. But nickname, Air yeah. Jordan. The most French thing of all time. Yeah. And and he earned it with this flying ground and pound. I mean, that oh, shit dude. was amazing. It's like, oh, I'm going to, uh, oh, you think you're going to bait me into your guard? I'm going to jump over you and land some haymakers. Like, I was just like, oh, shit, this is happening right now. Dude, he just, just turned on those I, it was so amazing. He was already doing good for the fight. And I was like, okay, he's doing good. And that third round, man, like I said, I think everyone listening to the corner was just like, whoa, like, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a coach being like you do. It's like just him saying it out loud and like manifesting it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then he just annihilates him. Like, and like, not, you know, like it's weird. Cause like, obviously the knockout could have happened earlier in the fight. Obviously, you know, it's like one of those things like mm-hmm. where he just does it immediately kind of like, um, Aspen Lad, I think, when her coach was like, "You got to go out there and rush her," and then she just does it at the oh, very yeah, end. And then like, she starts like screaming like a primal and animal, she, just like, and she ah. does it. Yeah, but yeah. like Charles was on, just like just later, like he was just like, you know what? Let me look. Let me look at my schedule. Okay, third round is time for a clinic. All right, we got it. <laughs> and just it's time to it. wipe the floor with Marcelo. I'm going yeah. to go in there and lay the flying ground and pound, and we're gonna kill him right now. Is that is that Charles Jordan or is that uh, is that George St. Pierre? I can't uh, tell. I'm sorry, it's just uh, generic French. Uh, general French. Okay, well, yeah, you're pretty, usually pretty good at you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm usually pretty specific, but that was just general French, uh, dude. It, it was it was so good, and let, <clears throat> let's give credit to to Marcelo Rojo as well because it it does. Take oh yeah, two to tango in that sense. Absolutely. And, and like one of my favorite parts, dude. I think it was after the flying roundabout because that didn't ultimately cause the finish. It was just part of that final flurry. At one point, Marcelo gets up and he just is like smiling and nodding his head. I was like, fuck yeah, yeah. dude, he wants it too. Yeah, and- you, gotta, you gotta love that type of violence. Oh, and also like before we go any further into the main card, um, I mean, the the first knockout of the night, the the smells burger. I mean, geez, man, like what a what an amazing, Ooh. like little on the on the button punch yeah. like and and that was shadow realm stuff because he yeah. his arms you know did the did the thing it was yeah, he just went limp he was just like Oof. and then uh, and and to, let's give a shine to the girls too um genu fry and uh yeah great yeah genu fry and i can't remember the other the other lady's name doesn't matter yeah doesn't matter. but um Oh, and no, and then the and then the other girls' fight too was good as well. Yeah, JJ Aldrich or JJ Aldrich. versus Courtney Casey. Yeah, it was great. So just Jordan just shone, shined, shined. Yeah, shined. He Shania Twain. Let's go, girls. <laughs> Dude, honestly, whenever there's a there's a 
a number of like good women's MMA fights on a card. It really just, for me, every time makes the case to do an all women's card. And I, and I like that they're, you know, they don't separate them in, in MMA that it's not like, you know, separate, but equal kind of bullshit right. or whatever. Like it's all integrated. And I love that. But at the same time, like people need to realize how amazing these, these competitors are and, and, and what they bring to the table uh, because like, it really brings to to light like an issue of like how certain fans perceive uh, women fights. Cause like, so, yeah, so every once in a while you're going to have a boring woman's fight. Yeah. But there are a ton of boring men's fights. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's almost like women aren't allowed to be boring. Women are allowed to have those stinker fights and, or they're like the chess matches or whatever, but no, all these ladies brought it and, you know, you want to talk about like comparing to the other other fights? Like, didn't have any fucking controversy except for JJ Aldridge <laughs> landing the spinning back kick to Courtney Casey's downstairs, like right when the fucking uh, yeah, ah, uh, dude. But overall, like amazing on the fight. Then that brings me to my pick uh, for the prelims: Angela Hill defeating Ashley Yoder via unanimous decision. I saw a lot of people picking Ashley Yoder, dude. I'm not going to lie. I mean, maybe that's just my bias as an Angela Hill fan because I'm always going to like amplify the naysayers or whatever. Like anytime I was like putting this out there, like there was a ton of bro. First of all, Harry Andrew, I know you're listening. Angela Hill is going to win the belt eventually. Um, but uh, this fight was, was so good. And Angela Hill just dominated. It was really like a, a fantastic display, and and yeah, there are times when Angela will will be on the wrong end of a split decision, and she'll she'll be a little salty, but honestly, completely and utterly unbiased, which we know is not possible. I'm with Angela on all those. I'm like, dude, she won that fight. She should have fucking got the got the nod, and so I'm I'm happy when she does, and when it's just so clear cut, she's like. I feel like Angela Hill is like early Masvidal, like early George Masvidal. He used to kind of not all the way step on the gas and sometimes lose these close split decisions that he thought he won. And then he found that moment where he turned on his finishing instinct. I think she needs that. And it's obviously a little harder in that weight class. There's not a lot of knockouts and whatever, and she's not a grappler. So she's not going to be able to sub anybody, but I I think Angela Hill, it really is is in the cream of the crop of that division. Would you agree? Oh, hundred percent, man. I mean, like she is just so, I love her fighting style. Um, it's just, it just looks so, it looks, looks so fluid and like, I was gonna say the fluidity. So and good. like, man, I mean, man, was she fucking was just kneeing Ashley Yoda right in the damn stomach, like seven times. Today. And <laughs> I mean, I, lo- I love that that DC was like, oh, that was the mistake. And then Michael Bisping was like, no, I would have done that too. <laughs> I would have kept I would have kept going and just kept kneeing because you know it's it's uh it's you know when you land a bunch of combinations like that right. in a row, it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <clears throat> yeah, you just keep going. And and it was, I mean, it led to that takedown, but still I I just I was just like, dang, it was like seven, seven knees in a row. Like um, but she she just blasted Ashley Yoder out of there really I mean just yeah like, she was like digging to the body she had this one like I don't know if it was a jab or a cross it just <clears> kind of like hit her and kind of dazed Ashley for a second I was like 
this is this is beautiful to watch and it really is like you said like the fluidity like she really represents for muay thai on like the biggest stage in mma because uh, that's kind of her background and i just mm. i love it shout out to angela hill shout out to anyone who fucking doubted her because yeah we love her she's great fuck you uh, <laughs> always rooting for her always dude there's literally one other straw white that I can think of that I would root against her, and that's Rose. Right. And I'm pretty sure Rose has a win against Angela. That was like one of her first fights in the UFC after the Tough House, and Rose just like choked her out quick. So yeah. I don't think we're going to be seeing that anytime soon. So until then, and can just keep racking up the fucking wins against the rest of these fucking straw whites, dude. <laughs> dude, honestly it like i i literally thought you were gonna say bitches and i was like damn <laughs> i was like oh my god no this ain't that kind of podcast <laughs> shall we move on to the main card yeah let's do it um so Eric anders versus darren stewart i gotta say man like this, I, go ahead this is his his second he he fucked up before didn't he eric anders I swore he he had like some controversial decision before as well. And I think it was a down knee as well. Part of me thinks, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he had like blue shorts on. And I think he was like, what's happening? And it was like maybe just a couple of, you know what? I don't know. And I know we have pretty good memories about it. I know you have good memory about UFC. But for some reason, dude, it's all painting in my, my head right now. But I think it was part of the reason why you disliked him was because he did this and his hype was from playing for uh, Alabama. And I can't remember what fight it was, but I know it was a controversial thing. Damn. Anyways, guys, this podcast is all about how I'm losing my goddamn mind. I was going to say, you can look it up while I riff uh, for a second if you want yeah, to verify go ahead. Go ahead. I don't, I don't, I don't think that was a thing. Um, and I got to give credit where credit is due. Obviously, like I said, I'm, I'm very much, uh, I'm a, I'm an Anders fan now and I didn't used to be, but I, but I am, uh, but I'm kind of more of a fan of Darren Stewart and that's who I was kind of gunning for. I thought he he's been having some great performances lately, but Eric Anders just like, was putting everything together and it sucks when this happens dude like situations like that like you know Piotr Jan last week Eric Anders this week they didn't need to throw those illegal strikes like they were winning and it, the writing was already on the wall like he had him up against the fence and at one point he kind of like lifted him up to to land the knee so that it would be legal and it, you know I was like that's a little bit too close like I could already kind of see what direction it was going and I don't know what was happening on Darren Stewart's end. Like at one point, like DC was right on the commentary. Like they could have stopped that fight. You know, uh, the referee gave, uh, I think it was her being the, but whoever the ref was, they gave Darren every opportunity to get out of there. And he did. So I got to think it was maybe good refing just because of the fact that he ultimately fought back and whatever, but then he gets in a position where to land an illegal knee and he just does. And, and credit Darren Stewart as well. Like he tried to get out of it, but the doctor was like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm not letting this fight continue. Like you're stumbling, whatever. He was like, walk towards me. And and Darren was stumbling. He was just like, nope, you shouldn't be fighting. And they stopped the fight. So declared a no contest because of the intention. And I think that's important. And uh, we went over this last week. Like, was like why was the young fight a DQ? He's like, well, Look what the motherfucker did. And this one, there's just like a, like a wild f uh, flurry and it kind of happened and, and Darren wanted to continue, but the doctor wouldn't let him. So I think that kind of plays into the no contest as well, at least for me. I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's a little, this one's a little bit tough for me. Um, 
my only problem with it is is when um when darren's it all has to do with time for me to be honest with you how long he's down on his knee um he's down there for a while like he's not it's not like a a short touch of the knee and also um there was a a point before in the fight whenever he was he was knocking him uh or after the big i don't i didn't i didn't watch the i came in right as soon as everyone's like oh eric anders um so whatever he did before there was a part of that flurry before where he actually everyone was like worried that he was going to throw a knee right before that like right maybe like like 10 to 20 seconds before um and they're like no don't don't do that and then like randomly you know as as darren stewart's getting back up and still on his knee eric anders is like well yeah i'll just let me just go ahead and throw this to the side of his face. So, like I said, I, yeah, I don't know. Now now that it's happened two weeks in a row and whatnot, I mean, like I said, guys, UFC, if you're listening to this podcast, which I know you are because we're very popular, uh, yeah, let's, let's examine those rules. Let's go. Because obviously, if anything was an indication of examining rules, uh, it's definitely last night. Um, I mean, I thought it was last week, but it turns out, nope it was last night they needed to examine the rules so just yeah they need to take it have a seat uh, maybe maybe on april whatever the weekend bef- after after the, the off week you're saying yeah the, uh, the off week just just go over the rules you know papa dana just figure it out and and that's the thing for me it's like the the architecture of of how mma is structured is broken because i mean luke thomas said it best like the the rules and the regulations are controlled by the commissions and it's a government body. And so the way he phrased it, and I always call this is my favorite thing is like, we have given the keys to the kingdom to the people who run the DMV. Yeah. And that's what I do. Like it's, it's a group of people who aren't interested in admitting they're wrong. They aren't interested in change and progress and growth. And the sport is so new. They didn't even want in the first place. And they just sort of like, well, let's kind of like adopt these sort of boxing, you know, mentality rule sets and none of it is is really apropos anymore so yeah i i agree with you but i i just don't see it happening because it's all like like it's not the ufc being like okay let's fix our rules like no like they're the league they they they're at the mercy of the promo uh not the promotion they're the promotion but they're, they're the mercy of the commissions and um it really is sad like and the thing is too like they understand that you need I don't know, uniformity or consistency. Cause like I always say uh, like it's, it's hard enough within the U S when they have like state to state being different with, with the rules, mm-hmm. but when they go overseas, the UFC is self-regulated like, depending on whether or not the country has their own commission. Like some, some do, I think England does, but it just like, it's all different. They could use that opportunity to try things out but they don't want to confuse the fighters and that's the whole thing, which, which sucks. So um, for now, what we have is a no contest based on yeah. Eric Anders throwing an illegal knee w- within the current rule set, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, I, and I know it's going to sound like I'm, you know, like I was giving Jan a lot of heat for throwing that illegal knee last week and I'm not for Eric, but like I said, a, totally different in my opinion, but I don't, I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, uh, they're <laughs> they're close. They are close. I will say, like I said, because because everyone mm. was on edge from uh, Piotr Jan's 
knee before. Like I said, because in the broadcast, Eric Anders had a moment where he had a hesitation 10 seconds before that and then threw it 10 seconds later. I'm not saying that it it was, I mean, like I said, it's, I don't know. I'm not in, I've never been in a, in a octagon like that before. So I don't know what goes through people's heads, but you know, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, Peter Jan's a piece of shit. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah. And, and if anyone wants to call that racist, it is, I hate white people. So, okay. Uh, before we move on, point blank, do you think they should run this one back? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I mean, um, granted, you know, Eric did get that, that, that whatever. I What was it? Did you watch it? What was it that he like stunned him with and started swarming him? Oh, I, I, I don't know. Cause it was a bunch of shots. Like I said, it was a, it was a flurry. I think he, he hit him with a good <clears throat> shot. It was like a left hook or something. Okay. Well, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's one of those things like where that, that one hit kind of can lead to anything, but it was so early on um, that, you know, I mean, not to say that it might not happen again, but uh, yeah. yeah, they should, they should run it back. I mean, I don't see why, why, you know, a slight change of a game plan might help Darren, but who knows? Yeah. Cause, cause we need that finality, right? Like we need, <clears throat> you know, he needs that moment of, okay, I'm better than this guy. Let me prove it. And he didn't get that. Mm-hmm. You mean uh, Eric, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Next fight was Mateus Nicolau uh, versus Manel Kopp, entering a split decision going in favor of of Nicolau. I was just happy, honestly, from from my standpoint, that Manel Kopp showed up because his last fight against Pantoja, he did not show up. I don't know who that was. It was not Manel Kopp, but this was Manel Kopp. And he certainly, like, I, I think he took the first round uh, I don't want to say he took it off, but he definitely took a while to get going. But yeah. once he did, we we saw why the UFC signed him. Like, this is the guy that's going to go out there and give those kind of performances, win or lose. And um, this was really hard fight to score for me. I, I, I didn't think he was going to get the nod, but I, I do see why some people are – and it's, there's not a ton, by the way, but there's some people who are kind of like, like, well, c- cop should have got that. So I I honestly don't know. Yeah, and I, I agree, man. Uh, it, it was a pretty good back and forth. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I'm not. I'm not mad with the decision. I mean, only for my record, I'm mad. Um, <laughs> but um, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, it looked pretty even. And I was like, like, yeah, I'd have to break that fight down to kind of see why um, Nicolau won. Like, like I, I, I couldn't just be like, yeah, that was obvious. So I understand why people can feel like. Uh, Manel um one I, I can see that because like I said watching it the whole time I was like hmm they're both landing some pretty good shots they're they're both pretty equally footed I mean like I said it is a split decision um so there is that um yeah at but, least one judge thought he he got it done I yeah. think it comes down to what you value more uh damage and like heavy shots versus volume right um and that's kind of like it's it's unfortunate because like Nevada has adopted like modified new rules, but I I don't think it applies to the judging. I I think specifically they did not at least initially. I don't know if they do now. And like people are always saying like like I I have an argument with this guy online all the time about the the Song Yudong versus Cheeto verified. I'm like Cheeto won that fight. He's like no Song did. The new rules value damage. I'm like but that fight took place in in Las Vegas and that's not the scenario yeah. that we're operating under at least 
for to my knowledge. And so like I, I think the, the the decision makes sense for for Nicolau, but I'm just like I said, I'm just happy that cop showed up. Yeah. And uh, we got to see what, what he can do. I think he's going to be like the next John Lineker, like that guy that just goes out there and throws hands and doesn't give a fuck. Let's hope so. Moving on, we had Davy Grant versus Jonathan Martinez. Davy Grant sent Jonathan to the shadow realm three minutes and three seconds into that round number great. two. Fucking chef's kiss. And uh, I love the heartfelt interview too, the post fight when he's like, I want to thank me family. The wife and my kids back home. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, like, um, yeah, and like, shout out to anyone who has an OnlyFans for like uh, foot fetishes. They were all over it. <laughs> what? They were all over uh, Davy Grant's foot. They were like, look at it. They were like, don't you like swollen feet? The UFC camera guys were like, literally, like right before they raised his hand, they just kept zooming in on his foot. What the like, yeah. fuck are you talking about? I completely missed like, this. They were like, turn and pose, baby. Turn and pose that balloon foot. Yeah, it was weird, dude. Like, they kept on it for, like, in the ring, they kept on it for, like, 10 minutes. And I I, I swear to God, the the framing started to get misty and steamy. Um, <laughs> and the cameraman, like, started wiping his brow, like, a bunch, like like, a lot. Like, he just kept wiping his brow, like, I don't even know if I should be doing this. And then the sweat droplets were getting on the lens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He was breathing really heavy on the lens, but like he zoomed really into those beautiful British toes, just zoomed right into them. And then at the, at, when he was at the um, interview area, um, they zoomed on it again. But that time I understood the first time I was like, I can kind of see a difference between the two. Like, you know, I was like, one, one's a little bit more swollen. But w- by the time he got to the interview, it was a fu- it looked like a fucking fat meatloaf. What if what if in the post fight he was just like, shout out to me, podiatrist, <laughs> <laughs> making these look so good. Oh man! But anyway, he's that, Irish now. No, it was it was great. <laughs> it was it was amazing. Yeah. That that KO was so was so clean, and, and I love that. I think it was the Martin Day fight or whatever they showed in the highlights. He had that same. St- style where it was kind of a back and forth and then he lands that big left hook right on the button just turn the lights yeah, out and i great. loved it dribble that guy's head off the canvas yeah not much more to say about it other than it was an amazing fight i love that davy grant is like uh i'm not gonna call anyone out just just keep fighting just put me back in there because he took a lot of time off like they they even said like he he had a long layoff where he fought what do they say like three times in four years or something like that that is a long layoff basically like once every year kind of yeah it's it was um yeah i mean like and and you know props to to jonathan martinez too like the first round was pretty competitive they were both like i said he david grant got his got his groove in the second round but but that first round jonathan and them, they were both trading blows nicely yeah, I was gonna say Jonathan was doing well up until the KO. It wasn't like it, it was the Davy Grant show. Like I was kind of nervous because I picked Davy. I was like, oh shit. But you know, uh, but you know whose show it was? It was the Dan Egan, Dan Egan show. show? I knew you were gonna say that. Motherfucker. I was so like I'm really high on Gavin Tucker, and I admit that I'm salty about Dan Egan. But I st- even still, I was trying to just like put that out of my mind. I was like. No, I think Gavin Tucker really can can get it done here because uh, Calvin Cater gave. Uh, Danny gave some problems and I think in many ways like Gavin Tucker has a similar skill set 
um, probably more well-rounded. Like I think he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, whereas Cater definitely is not. Um, but da- but Danny Gay was like, no, you're about to go to sleep, son. And Dude. they literally, it was so funny to me that they were arguing about the seconds, like Bisping in DC, where they're like, is it three? Let's count. Is it five? And I started to question. I was like, yeah, it was really pretty about fast. to break Jorge's record. But they're like, no, officially 22 seconds. And everyone was like, shut up, Fitzy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was by the way. Shout out to Michael Bisping on the commentary team, man. He's so great. He's so fucking funny. Yeah, every time like Bisping and Felder are the two are the two most consistent for me, where they always come with the with the amazing uh technical aspect of it, but then also bring the comedy. Bisping yeah, they, with the Step Brothers reference, too. I loved it. I loved oh, it. So oh. I haven't got <laughs> a cob since 2002, even though yeah. it's 2004. I forgave him. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it's so it's so great. I mean, like, like I said, there's something about it. You know, I I, I always talk about. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I think uh, I think Anik is really is really the goat as far as right. like keeping keeping everything on track. But like, I love that. I I do love uh, Michael Bisping and Paul Felder together. It's right. just so well, they're, fun. Diff- they're different jobs, right? Because John Anik, I think, is the play by play guy, and they do color. right. It's just so great. I don't know. It's it's um, but but I mean. Guys, Dan Ige, no joke. Also, the punch itself, man. Um, that 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 is is the definition of what would have been like the most perfect punch. But like to me, I th- I think what he did was more perfect than the perfect punch because it was in the middle of extension. It wasn't even like it was like like not the intent of like throwing was was halfway. So that means like yeah. he got literally all the force of the punch like because his target was technically through his face like where his so they punch always was gonna say land. punch through the target and not at it and like it, it was like you know maybe like like a well, i would say maybe like a three inch extension like not even that far and like he was still pushing through and it just whoo took oh took him right out and it was one took of those it, things where it was so quick that I thought I thought he just kind of like had this bomb that was perfectly timed when when Gavin was rushing in. But when they slowed it down on the replay, it was part of this exchange where Gavin, like almost similar to Connor Aldo, where after Connor's landed, Aldo's kind of came in afterward. Like Gavin almost did that. Like Dan ducked out of the way, but it was just like they were both trading, and 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 Dan had like ducked and and threw that overhand just. <laughs> fucking caught him right in the button it was nasty yeah it was it was nasty and also like can i tell you something like if uh if dan ige had punched him in the face and knocked one of his tattoos off would you have noticed no yeah i don't think i would have either hey gavin tucker get your tattoos just a little bit further away from each other was he the guy, and I told you to tweet this, and I don't think you did. We were watching one of the fights last night, and you texted me. He was like, dude, Gavin Tucker, I think it was Gavin, looks like someone went crazy with the creative skater on Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Uh, that's exactly who I said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else's tattoos, I think we were talking about it, were just sick. Dude. I mean, just some sick-ass tattoos. And then Gavin Tucker comes up there. And I'm not saying that some of his tattoos aren't good, but the ones on his chest, like the overlaid ones, I was like, what happened? Yeah. What happened to this guy? And I, and I tweeted this out last night too. And uh, This is like, I stand by this. About like 
let's say five years ago, there was maybe two or three fighters that had decent tattoos, not even great, but decent. Mm -hmm. It was just like, they were all universally shitty tattoos and like kind of endearing, kind of charming, but still like, bro, who did that to you? (laughs) And now it's like every single fight card, we get like two or three fighters who are just like, Hey man, I'm spending all of my win money on body art and they just have these banger tattoos. I love it. Yeah, I don't I don't know who I it might have been. No, I don't think it was Gavin Tucker. I can't remember who it was uh who had the the sick like uh samurai on his back. Yeah, it was Marcelo, I believe. Yeah, we dude, were talking that, about that because uh, I was noticing uh Jordan's sleeve and you were like, "No, the yeah. fucking the dude looks at Rojo's dude, back Ro- tattoo." Rojo's back tattoo, the it's the placement. It's not right in the middle. It's off to the side and like he has like a spear in his hand. It's like just on the left. Dude, I was like, "Damn, this is a fucking good ass tattoo yeah dude i um, love everything about. i'm it. so happy that i don't have any because i'm like more pure than everyone but um <laughs> fuck you i'm just kidding i just never i don't know i'll, I'll get one maybe one day I'll just fucking get like, no you a it has to be something my face. you know meaningful and and and, and like significant yeah for me. like you can't just be like well i don't have tattoos let me just get one and yeah let me get one of a you know a plug or something because i like a ev plug? cars yep <laughs> Save the planet. Well, nah, fuck this planet. Now I anyway, on to the next one. Next tattoo idea. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so, so the co-main event. I hate you. Yeah. I hate you because I was saying it as a joke and, and your stupid actual joke that was actually real is annoying to me. Yeah, it is. Because it actually is a tattoo you would get. I'm mad. I know. I'm mad too. I shouldn't have said it. All right, on on to the next stupid ass fight that I lost or whatever. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I'm actually happy because I was kind of leaning Misha, and I told you this uh, last week when we did our picks. I was like, okay, whatever he picks, I'm just gonna go opposite because I they were so kind of dead even to me. Yeah. And Ryan Span turned the lights off. Yeah, dude. Of Misha Serkinov. Oh my God. It was a beautiful KO one minute and 11 seconds of round number one. Just absolutely fucking. Yeah. I mean, the, the, just from the first exchange, uh, Misha like started respecting Ryan Spann's power. And then just, just Ryan just kept kind of pushing forward and just like, was like, yeah, you're going to respect it. And you're also going to fucking cower up into a ball like a bitch. No, I mean, yeah, he, he got him twice. Actually. He, he, I think in the first like 40 seconds, he got him down and then Misha Serkinov scrambled up and then, and then again, and then he just knocked him out of down again. And then he was like, okay, I'm done. My body's done with this. Right. It was a good fucking fight. Yeah. I love everything about it. I think Ryan Spann, honestly, I didn't notice him enough at first. And like his fight with Sam Alvey, I think it was on the first card that, that when fights came back, it was on that week. It was one of the ones in Jacksonville. Like, I remember specifically because Sam Alvey fucking asked, like, they had a, it was a completely empty arena, but it was one of the bigger ones. And he's, like, walking out, smiling and waving to the fans like there are any. I was like, man, fucking back to parlor. Anyway, (laughs) dude. uh Bro, I got to tell you the tea on that afterward. I was just like, oh, my God. But Ryan Spann is so big for, for 205. Like, he could honestly 
probably be a decent heavyweight, but he's like, no, let me, let me cut down to 205 and beat on these old dudes. He's so massive and athletic and just beat the shit out of me. Sirkinov. I'm excited to see where he goes next. Like, yeah, he can definitely get figured out. I'm not saying he's going to like make a run for the title or anything. Like yeah, he said he wanted to throw him into the shark tank of like Yuri Prochaska. That guy would murder him. But Ryan Span right now is is looking really good. Yeah, he said he wanted like uh, the winner of Smith and Smith and and oh, oh, Crute. Crew, yeah. crew. Yeah, yeah, he was Jimmy like Crute. Smith and Crew, and then he was like, "I don't even know when that fight is. I don't know what their rankings yeah. are. I don't give a <laughs> yeah. fuck. I'll fight them. I don't care. Let's do I it." Love yeah. that, dude. I love that you're just like looking at those guys. Like, yeah, I'll fight one of them. Give me the. You know how these things work. Usually, he'll probably get the loser of that. Right. Especially like depending on who it is. If Jimmy Crew beats Anthony Smith, he's gonna take his rank. <laughs> Anthony Smith is gonna go down, and they're gonna like, "Hey, Anthony Smith." You want to keep fighting? Fight this young up and comer Ryan Span, and yeah. uh, it's going to be a terrible, terrible fight. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of terrible, terrible fights, yeah. Oh boy. Um. Oh uh, boy. Um. Okay. I mean, I know you have a lot of thoughts on it. I have a lot of thoughts on it. Um. I've I've honestly I've I've gone back and forth a lot on this, so I don't even know where I'm at. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it because we didn't talk enough about it. Well, obviously we're talking about main event Bilal Muhammad versus Leon Edwards, and yeah. no contest. But what do you think? Um, well, let's just kind of break down the the fight itself. Um, a pretty like it hadn't really got going. Um, there was a couple. There was a little bit of excitement of Leon Edwards uh, and the and the head kick. Um, you know, before the mm-hmm. terrible stuff happened, but it didn't really get going. I mean, uh, granted, I think that if it had gone that, it, sorry, if it had kept going the way that it was, Leon Edwards would have won the fight. Um, personally, I think just like I said, I think he, he, you know, rocked, uh, Bilal right. enough times and, and like kind of showed a little bit more, um, I guess, push of the pace and like was, was doing a pretty good job as far as like, like, you know fighting him um but with that being said uh man these fucking eye pokes dude like shit uh so hard to say i mean like the only other time i've ever seen it yeah the only time i've ever seen it like the only other bad one i saw was the the dc stipe one like as far as like uh actual evidence of like not putting it in his eye but like the after effect of it like the swelling of the person's eye um dc was like the worst one when he was on he was on the uh the post post fight interview um his eye had like one little tiny like cherry on it and i was like yeah that's that's pretty bad like whatever that was is pretty pretty bad so so this was even worse so number one Mm -hmm. fucking breaks your heart hearing Bilal cry like god damn it like you want him to win. You want his chance and all that stuff. And like, so I saw the blood like pretty immediately. And that's what made it so sad for me. Cause I was like, okay, this is really bad. This is really fucking bad. And then just like, damn bro. And yeah, just like everything you work for to kind of get that. Uh, it just sucks, man. And then, uh, you know, you feel, you feel bad for, you feel bad for both fighters. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I mean, what do you expect Leon Edwards to say afterwards? You know, like uh, not to say like, 
you know, to say like, you know, I'm sorry for Bilal, but you know, I, the interview questions are like, what's next for you? Like, what are you going to do after this? Like, what do you feel? What do you do? You know, so his, his response has to be like, you know, I'm on an eight, eight, eight fight win streak, I think is what he, what his like tagline is, you know, I think before he retires, I think he's always going to say that whether he wins or loses his next fight, he's just yeah. like, I'm on an eight fight win streak. He's going to say that on his tombstone, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna if I went three in the toughest division in the sport, and by and by that time technology will have progressed that it will literally be a recording of that, where it's like press here for epitaph, and they're like, oh, I wonder what he chose. Or, I'm gonna if I went three, and they're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey man, guess what? You know what? It might remember even be that- a hologram too. He just pops <laughs> up and like, I'm gonna if I went three. <laughs> hey, remember the time that uh, we said that I was funny, and it turns out you're way funnier than I am, huh? Dude, we're equally funny. You were cracking me up earlier. That's fucking hilarious. (laughs) The idea that there's like a tombstone, you can push a button, and he fucking says, "I'm on a white, I'm on a five, one three on the top of division four." Exactly, and and I think like his family just like you know it's the anniversary (laughs) of his passing, and they come in to lay down flowers, and they're like, "What what did you pick again? I forgot." (laughs) I'm on a five, one three, (laughs) and one of the. And one of his family members was like, no, don't, don't push it again. Don't do that. No. And they're like, no, I, I got to hear it. No, grandma. No, shh, quiet. <laughs> I need to hear his voice again. I'm on an eight fight win streak. <laughs> uh, he was on an eight fight win streak, wasn't he? And I then thought, he died. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out a way to tweet this out. I was trying to figure out like, what's a, I'm like, oh, hey, guy, because I also don't know how they treat it, because sometimes they'll like what they'll say now, probably in his next fight, they'll say he's on a nine fight unbeaten streak because this wasn't a loss. It was a no contest. So it'll be like he's eight and oh and one in his last nine. Like, I don't even know what they're going to say, but yeah, I wanted to tweet out like, hey, guys, one thing good came out of last night. Leon Edwards is no longer on an eight fight win streak. (laughs) But honestly, like, what are your thoughts? What am I? Here's my thoughts. Like. Bilal is a tough motherfucker, dude. Yep. If you've never seen any of his fights, like his debut, he fought Alan Joban, a surging Alan Joban, who who wasn't like, you know, what he is now. And and it was on like eight days notice or something. It was during Ramadan. You know, he was like fasting and he gave Alan hell and took hell, by the way. Like it was just a great fight. Alan Joban one handily but but Bilal gave his his licks in too and then he just continues to 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 piece dudes up he even felt like he fought Lyman Good who's like a knockout artist and I was worried for him but Bilal gave him the business the only fight that where he's ever seen and this is kind of my point as well about how tough he is he took a hellacious beating from Jeff Neal mm-hmm. and kept coming back for more and and so like to to think that 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 Bilal would just be like oh let me just pretend like i'm i mean i don't i haven't really seen anyone you know saying that really but just just the fact that like that wouldn't be a fight ending eye poke dude i have never seen i've seen a ton of eye pokes in this sport Uh, a really bad one that that i was thinking about earlier when you said how how dc's looked bro travis brown versus matt mitrione if you haven't like just like watch that on youtube matt mitrione's eye looked like a fucking golf ball was coming out of it and and that didn't stop the fight it was it was insane and fucking Bilal. okay so leon was warned about his fingers and in this that's the shitty thing too and then people are saying like oh it was it was clearly accidental let's fix the gloves 
they're not interested in fixing the gloves, number one. Number two, they warned him and the, the, the rules state you're not supposed to have your fingers outstretched. It's supposed to be you know, up to the sky, if at all, or a closed fist. And, and Leon was warned about that. He kept going forward. He threw this like, I don't know if it was a jab or something, but his, his fist wasn't all the way closed. And he fucking clawed Bilal's like lower eyelid, dude. It, yeah. it was so bad to where Bilal went down from the eye poke for number one. Like that to me, I, I've never seen anyone go down from it. And then the way, he, <coughs> the way he was just screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh was, my God. It, it was, was so hard to watch. And, 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 and from what transpired, like the, the doctor came, like you could see ble- he was bleeding, which I don't know necessarily from the eye. Maybe it was from the lid, but either way it's bad. Yeah. And, and whatever, even let, let's say it was a cut above his eyebrow that opened up. If the blood is dripping down into the eye, they stop the fight because it compromises your vision. So anytime blood is in the eye, not good. And so that's what we had. And then he he kept trying. He, he was just crying. The doctor stopped the fight. And Leon has the audacity to be like, I don't have a towel shot next. I don't know what's going on with this. I'm not going to rematch. I, I need a towel shot. Like, if he had beaten Bilal, I would have said, great, give him a towel shot. The man's earned it. Eight fight win streak, all that bullshit. Now nine fight, let's go. But now, dude, it's like, be a fucking man and acknowledge the fact that you <laughs> gouge this guy's eye out and give him a fucking rematch with a full camp. Let him hear, unless he like, it, and that's the shitty thing too. It's like, if, if Bilal takes like a long time to heal and whatever, like Leon has waited two years to get inside the octagon he has had to have comms up pull out of fights so many times because of covid terrible situation this guy has like the worst luck in the ufc i will say that you know not everything is leon's fault but bro don't fucking sit there and say well i'm not worried about him i poke him in the eye and he's gone i need a fucking towel <laughs> shot you dude so gross yeah no so gross it, it, it's just yeah uh yeah the that's a tough spot to be in. I mean, you're right. I mean, you could say other things, uh, but yeah. you know, it, it's, it is Leon Edwards, you know, it's, it's kind of comes, comes with the, with the man, I guess you could say, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, what are you going to do? I mean, he literally keeps talking about the eight five win streak all the time. So of course he's going to say something that. Uh, Can I do one more eight five win? Yeah, please, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, please. Imagine he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame and they give a speech and he's like, well, I'm on an A5 win streak in the toughest division in the sport. Uh, <laughs> but you're retiring. And you, your last fight was a, a loss. You got pretty badly knocked out. Anyway, I'm on an A5 win streak in the toughest division <laughs> in the sport. Uh, in, all, in all seriousness, like <clears throat> they need to, to, to sort this out. And I was thinking about this uh Darren Carson aka Bobby Dazzler asked a question on the timeline a couple days ago he's like early question for the forum give a list of champions that would make Dana angry and after last uh, I thought about putting it in but I feel like that would I don't know that would take so much time Leon Edwards is definitely one of them like if Leon Edwards somehow becomes champion Dana would be livid he would be convincing fucking I don't know, like Khabib to to come back, like, hey, go up to 170, fight Leon Edwards, <laughs> just like absolutely destroy him. Yeah, um, yeah, another one would probably be um, 
and is now as Dustin Poirier. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they, no, I'm just I think they market the hell out of him with the Good Fight Foundation. I think they yeah. would be happy. Um, I don't know who wouldn't be happy with Dustin Poirier winning. Oof, you kidding me? Maybe every I, uh, Connor fan, but honestly, come on. the thought of Dustin Poirier wearing gold again. <clears throat> gonna bro, to it. it it does sound great, but like, god damn, bro. I mean, like, Coach Kavanaugh is just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I try. We try. I. I think we've talked about Connor every yeah. single, every single fucking podcast. But the reason why is because, well, God damn it, the news that keeps getting put in our fucking face. I know. You know I mean, know. like Coach, I, I, Coach Kavanaugh. I think he was, he was fine, but like now he's like, yeah, we're not just training boxing now. We're training the oh whole thing. God. It's like, eh, can eh, you believe the audacity uh, to say that? At, like the position that you're in, <laughs> one of the most reputable gyms in the sport with the highest paid athlete of, of, of mixed martial arts of all time. And is like, oh, the next camp, we're going to actually focus on MMA. We just did a boxing mentality for the last one. Like, bro, it's so gross. It's so disgusting. Yeah, I can't, uh, I can't and, believe. And it keeps getting put, pushed in our face. And I'm just like, come on, man, you can't. Like, how about the fact that you have to apply for a license to be a cornerman? They should take that license away from him, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, like, what do you? Oh, uh, I, I saw way too many articles and interviews where you said, we're actually going to train MMA. Get out of this sport. bro. <laughs> but like, Conor McGregor's rise to power, rise to fame was because of his mouth. But like, the commentary team that built him up as well said that nobody has ever moved like him ever before. Yeah. Oh. That's what makes him difficult to, 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 to beat. That's what made him difficult to beat. He moves in such a very strange way, every single person. And then you're going to tell me that you didn't even pay attention to that, but that's what, that's, that's what makes you realize that the training camp and what he was before was like, I guess he was leading it. I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. It, I just think it's just like yeah. just a dumb thing to say because, like, wouldn't you think like if training boxing, wouldn't it just bring more like to the table? Like on top of the fact that he moves differently than everyone else, like it just hindered it completely. So, right. Anyway, absolutely. It just reminds like this. This is there's this guy on Twitter who tweets about fighting conor mcgregor every day <laughs> and sometimes he'll go for like a like a week or so with like not tweeting anything but whenever he goes on dude he's like <laughs> he'd be like come on conor where are you at <laughs> and the guy is like not all the way there but i'm starting to think if that guy knows how to throw a calf kick he could Game fucking over. be conor mcgregor like okay <clears throat> let's move on from from connie yeah. yeah yeah uh do you have any more thoughts on the card i i, I want to leave on a positive note because like, like you said the prelims were a fucking banger those knockouts from from david grant danny Ige, ryan span they were all money it just is unfortunate that we had it, it it reminds me of um ufc mexico city with yaya rodriguez and jeremy stevens when the rest of the card was fucking great oh, and yeah, you yeah. had yaya rodriguez eye poking eye gouging jeremy stevens yeah. calling michael bisping a puto and <laughs> just you know what fuck a year 
Michael. But, but, Leon Edwards is the new Yair Rodriguez, dude. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> uh all right uh i mean just a positive note yeah that that card was was really great i mean it was like like they said it was a spectacular night of fights um similar of an on par well uh, i I wouldn't say it's on par with last week just because of that uh seeing amanda's domination is such a a great thing to watch it's like it's like it's so special every Mm -hmm. time it happens so with that being said, but still like very, very good, good very night of fights last night. Yeah, it was just good, good stuff. So all around, yay for the UFC. And I'll be watching next week, I think. <laughs> yes, you definitely will. Oh, I don't know. Oh, well, if, if you don't, you're fired. So yeah, okay. <laughs> um, one piece of news before we take a break. Um, this podcast is under the uh, Threadhead Media banner. And uh, I'm, I'm proud of that. My boy Rory is uh, kind of starting a new sort of media media empire really and the the content is going to be fucking banger we got pamela doing the mma astrology we got the tko podcast which i made the name for which i'm very happy with we got my boy dan albanese making these fucking amazing articles it's just everyone is on is on point at threadhead media so um the new site is launching march 20th and keep an eye out i'm gonna we're gonna post links um that's next week so um, let us now take a break. Yeah. And we will, when we come back, we'll get into the forum. Ba-ba-da-ba, the forum starts now. <laughs> First, we got our voice questions to to start things off right. This one comes from my homie T Cross. Does a great podcast called Tea Time with T Cross, and um, here is his question. What's up, Juice and Leo? Uh, quick question about the heavyweight title fight coming up. Uh, if Stipe loses. Do you think he's going to retire? Because when he lost the belt to DC, he absolutely refused to fight anybody else without a rematch. So if he loses, because there's so many heavyweight contenders coming up right now with John Jones, Derek Lewis, Cyril Gaon, all waiting in the wind, will he get an immediate rematch if he loses? And if not, will he retire? I think this is actually a great question, and I have a pretty simple answer right off the bat that's a that's a really good question um you know i didn't think about it until you just said it but it makes sense uh it would make a lot of sense for some reason i don't know why just stipe has got so many other things going on in his life but other than that i mean damn i don't think so i don't think he would try but it does make sense that he would want to but at the same time i mean let's be honest uh it would probably be an immediate rematch just because of the way that the first one went. So, you know, I would say that that's probably what it would be. Um, but now that you've said it out loud, it, uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if people was like, yeah, I've done this so much. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't, you know, what? I wouldn't even be surprised if he was like, he wins and he was like, you know what? I've done this so much. Go home to my daughter. That's it. Yeah. 
Dude, for, for me, it comes down to this. Do I think he will? No. Do I think he should? Yes. Now we're talking if he loses. Now I'm I'm still sticking to my guns. I'm picking Stipe in this one. I think he can make it look like the first fight again. Um, however, Ngano always has that death touch that can just come out of nowhere. So basically, the, the my, my line of thinking is this: if Ngano wins, it's from that it's going to be a nasty KO uh, because he's not going to win on points. There's no way and he's not going to sub Stipe. Like his only path to victory is a knockout, and if Stipe loses that, he's going to want a, an immediate rematch. Not going to get one. And not and not because Dana hates him, even though that is true. Not that hates, but they, they're obviously not a fan. Um, they basically already promised the, the winner of that fight to John Jones. They already right. kind of announced his return to heavyweight, like it's been yeah, waiting for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even know if he was going to get the shot over Ngannou at this point. Uh, and so now... The only way I think Stipe it would make sense for him to stick around is if so Ngano wins, then fights John Jones, gets absolutely embarrassed by John Jones. Um, I don't I don't think Ngano possesses anything that would give John Jones any problems. And then Stipe wants to fight John Jones. Um that would be the only thing that I would want to see moving forward from him. Because if he sticks around, like it's like you said, Stipe has a lot going for him. He's a firefighter. He's a father. He doesn't need to keep fighting. Yeah. And he does it because he likes it and he's good at it. And it obviously gets a lot of money for his family and setting up for his you know, kids' college future and, and things like that. But if he sticks around, they're going to basically turn him into JDS where they're just going to feed him the up-and-comers that they want to build. And if he gets too many knockouts, like he's not going to be able to do that anymore. You know, I mean, Stipe still is, in my opinion, the best heavyweight of all time is the most accomplished anyway. And it depends on how you look at that. But if he suffers a bad knockout from Nganu, then loses to John Jones, it's just going to keep like, yeah, feed him and these young guys. And he's not getting any younger. Eventually father time catches up with you. I, yeah. I know this maybe going to set some Stipe fans. I'm not trying to be antagonistic. Cause like I said, I'm definitely picking Stipe for this fight, but um, that's sort of my thoughts on it right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I can't, I can't. Yeah. Like I said, it's a, it's a very up in the air type of situation. Um, like you said, and you know, the John Jones stuff is, is pretty much solidified. I mean, UFC is covering like John Jones in, in the gym gaining weight like you know what i mean like it's not like it's not obvious like everyone's like look at john jones's right. body transformation and it's like okay like yeah the fight hasn't even been announced what time it's been announced but everyone's just like yeah no it was happening so for sure so thank you t cross everyone go check out his podcast tea time with t cross and here is my man ty oh shut up that's just What's up? Ty here. Just got home, watched the main event. Man, that is such a brutal way to end a night of fights. My, I guess my question is, where does the welterweight division go from here? Edwards was set to get a title shot if he won this fight, and now that it's no contest. Man, I don't even know what you would do here. I want to hear what you guys think. Let me know. Later. For me, it comes down to comes down to how quickly 
Bilal can recover because the UFC does not like Leon Edwards. And if Bilal is healthy in a couple of weeks, like if the doctor, everything checks out, he's good to go. They're going to run this back almost indefinitely. They also, I think they're still stuck on what to do with the Walter Wade title picture because there was talk of like doing a season of tough with Colby and Jorge as the coaches and they would fight each other at the end. And I think the winner of that was probably going to tell shot Kamaru fucking shit all over those plans by calling out Jorge when he won, when he beat Gilbert Burns a few weeks ago. So in my opinion, you know, here's what, what fight I want to see, because even if like, even as a, you know, pretty big Bilal fan, I don't think he was winning that fight. I, I don't see a path to victory if they rematch. So I would like Bilal to just sort of like fight someone else, I guess, and have Leon fight Gilbert Burns. That, in my opinion, like Leon needs another win and he needs a good win. Gilbert Burns just fought for the title. You know, if, if Gilbert wins, he's right back in the mix. If Leon wins, he's now the rightful number one contender. No one can take that away from him. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, as far as like with what's going to happen with the welterweight division, I think it should be um, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Kamara Usman International Fight Week. Yes, absolutely. Per- perfectly our response. Love that for you. So just so you guys know. Yeah. Just so you know where, where I think the division should be. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Kamar Usman, International Fight Week. Guys, it sells itself. <laughs> I love our first episode when you got so fired up. You're like, no, let me tell you something about Steve Wonderboy Thompson. <laughs> He's the only option. He really <laughs> <laughs> He really is, guys. I don't know. I don't know what we're all smoking out there. You can't really can't really hate the guy. It's too, nice. If, it's too nice. If you legitimately hate Wonder Boy, please get yourself committed. Like, yeah, like, and get, don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's, you know, done some not so great things, but like, like I said, man, I, I, I've been talking about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson since I was on, um, fighting with myself. And like, I talked about the whole, like, he's like a karate teacher that all the kids go to a bar and watch his fights at. And like, it's like, it, it and he's, and he lives up to it yeah. every time. It's so yeah. awesome and wholesome. It's, it's the best. The only thing that, that could ever, you know, make me not be a Wonderboy <clears throat> fan, like, and I could see this being a thing, but I don't think so because he's so nice and so genuine and so cool all the time. Like, what if it turned out he was casually racist? I feel like I may have said this before, but what if he just was like, oh, man, I love everybody. Oh, hey, man, you can't train here. And it was like, this coming in like it was oh. like, what the? Um, uh, but I do think that uh, he did say that he was interested in fighting um, Jorge again, which, yep. hey, let's let's do that. Like, I'm not I would be mad at that at all. Yeah, um, but that would make that yeah, would make everything a little him. bit. Yeah, I would think that would make everything a little bit even more cloudy, to be honest with you, um, like especially if Stephen wins, because then then you're like, OK, well, maybe Gilbert Burns after that. I, I don't know. Like I said, no, but, if, you know, dude, if, if Stephen Wonderboy beats uh, beats Jorge, then it's, then it's title shot or bust. Yeah, I think so, too. Or, you know, like I said, I mean, International Fight Week, Kamaru Usman, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Let's get it going. It could also be the time. For Leon Edwards, Jorge, the fucking the revenge from the three piece in the soda. Yes, that would be great. Oh, that would be great. Dude. That would be great. Amazing. Camaro versus Steven, headlining. Okay. Co-main. Oh. Leon and I do like Jorge. that. Yeah. Uh, Let's that, put that, does in there. Sound, that does sound really good. Okay. All right. All right. That's it. That's yeah. the international money. fight week. Got it. International yeah, international fight week. Fight week. <laughs> 
Hey there, Juice and Leo from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. It's fucking Smokey J here from Australia. That was a fucking brutal end to the main event this week. Uh, fucking, especially after seeing the photos that come out of um, Leon Edwards basically like fucking fish hooking below Muhammad's bottom eyelid. That was some fucking gnarly shit. Uh, so my question for both of you, this one's for both of you guys. Um, what's the worst you've ever been fucking poked in the eye? I got like some sawdust in there once and that fucking sucks. So I hate to fucking think what Bilal's feeling, like, let alone fucking Mike Bisping or something. So, um, my question for both of you guys is how bad have you fucking been poked in the eye? That's all. Bye. Such a great question. Such a Thank great you. guy. Such a great bong rip. We love Smokey here at the yeah. Friendly Sparring Podcast. Yeah, he's the best. It's great. Um, wow. Uh, shoot. It's a tough question because Damn. Uh, yeah, I can't even, I can't even, I think there may have been one time like where my son threw like a Dorito in my eye and that hurt. <laughs> there was like one time I'm pretty sure like within the last three or four years where my son was just like, here's a Dorito and he threw Got it right the in my eye. Dust in your eye. Yeah, just perfectly. <sighs> and it was great. And I loved it. And uh, yeah, he was, yeah. I was going to say, I've, uh, I've been wearing glasses since I was 10 years old. And there was a there was a time for maybe like six months, maybe less, where I thought contacts were gonna be like a thing that I do. But I look way worse with contacts. And yeah, that's I true. I, I can attest to that. Thank you. Thank you for uh for bigging me up. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> love you too. Don't, actually, speaking of the contacts, like putting those in, poking my I probably poke myself in the eye a couple of times. And I was just going to say, like, the only times that I've ever probably had a fucking eye poker, like myself accidentally in the morning, like trying to rub my eyes and I just poke myself. I, I wish I had this is such a great question. I wish I had like a better answer, but I just yeah. never have experienced that. Because yeah. I was fucking protected. Yeah. Hey, Smokey J, we got terrible answers for you. <laughs> <laughs> you came great. with the fire. We just yeah. like poured some water on it. Yeah. Like, eh. Fucking smoldered that out. Fucking LDE. You know what I mean? Right. Right here. Yeah. Both of us. Speak for yourself. Yeah. Uh, well, I will. So well, be... okay. Uh, <laughs> honestly, though, you guys need to follow Smokey J if you haven't. Um, yeah. Wholesome content. Good wholesome guy. Content. I really want to do a duet with Smokey once. He he wrote an amazing Fight Island song uh, on his guitar. And in my opinion, it was better than the fucking Brett Akimoto one. How's that? And um, what else was I going to say? Dude, when I announced my hiatus before I brought you back and we did the show, um smoky was like let me start a podcast and it was actually really good but then i guess he had some um personal stuff that he had to stop so i wish um i actually hope it comes back even though now we're back um i definitely uh want to hear more from smoky j yeah next one is my boy rhino of the combat sports of rhino podcast definitely check him out here is the question hey 
Juicy Fruit Baby and Leo. It's your big homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. Now, we all know that the UFC is seen as the preeminent, most dominant promotion in the entire landscape of mixed martial arts. It's well-established. It's fact. Um, there are certain people who are really dancing on the line of having a sub-500 record. I'm not going to mention any names, but people who know, know, uh, including some that are going to be fighting up here very shortly. Do you think that it's a bad look? for the UFC to have any fighters on their roster with a sub 500 record. Um, and if so, should they implement some sort of rule where if you dip under 500, then unfortunately you are cut. It's an interesting thing to think about. I want to hear you guys take on that. So yeah, looking forward to hearing your answer and hope you guys have a badass show. Talk to you later. Peace. Yeah. Thanks for the question, Rhino. Uh, definitely check out his podcast amazing interviews amazing mma takes and and covering muay thai and all the other good stuff too and and boxing and speaking of boxing like that's what i kind of where i wanted to go with this because if you like in the world of boxing your record is like it's so important and they're almost like protective of it like they want to build somebody up to like 30 and 0 before they give them real competition and that's what i've always loved about mma is that it never mattered and so as far as what Rhino was saying, I think it's a very fair point, but I always like that the UFC is more entertainment than sport. And so the records don't always bother me. However, someone is like losing badly and they keep accruing these losses. I definitely don't want to see him in there as much. And so here's my take on it is that I don't think they should be penalized before, like for their part of their record before the UFC, especially like you have guys like Anthony Smith who start out their career, like five and five, which that's a 500 record. And um, if you get to the UFC and you've got a win streak or whatever to where they acknowledge, you know, your talents, I think you should kind of, it, your UFC record should start over in a sense. Not that it should be wiped clean. It should definitely still announce your MMA record. But when you, when you think about as far as whether or not to cut somebody, like he's saying, I think it matters about your UFC record. Um, when you have someone like random Marcos, who loses every other fight maybe she should be cut but uh that's kind of the only one that comes to i mean maybe jeremy stevens as well but the thing with jeremy stevens is like he has a fan base he has a solid fan base he's been fighting a long time and he can still come back with these amazing performances and he's kind of kill or be killed every time so um it, it's tough it, it's hard for me to like let's establish a, a rule of what to do but um i mean <clears throat> The thing, the thing to think about with this is obviously just contracts. Like that's the, that's the other aspect of it, as far as like getting someone cut or whatnot. Like, you know, if they, if they sign the contract, they're on a, you know, a three fight contract or a five fight, you know, you lose two of those fights or whatever. I mean, there should be a, uh, some sort of clause. I mean, it's kind of tough though, like to kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, fucking look at fucking, um, uh, Blokovic. like, Look at yeah. his record, you know, like right. now, he's the f now he just fucking whooped the shit out of fucking Izzy, like just like beat him just like wholeheartedly, just really hard, just like really just okay, the shit you, out of Izzy. Um, <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, look, but that's that his story. That was his story. His story was look at that record. Now look at his record. So you're absolutely right. No, like he started in the UFC, what, two and four, I think they said. That, yeah, I, that's a very good point, Leo. But to, to kind of combat what you said about the contracts, the way the contracts are set up, it only matters as far as how many fights you have left to the fighter. 
they can ask for a release, but they are beholden to those. The way that the contracts are set up, the UFC can basically terminate that contract anytime, or at least they can terminate it off of a loss. So if you lose, even, even if they sign you for a six fight deal, if you have your first fight and you lose and they don't like you, they can say, ah, oh, it's not nice knowing you and, and tear up that contract. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I guess ultimately uh, where I'm coming from just to like black and white do, do I think they should set up a role like that? No, because I, I like those kind of fighters sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't think so either. It, there's too many. If a fighter is going to be fighting, uh, let's say their career is, you know, 15 years long, which is pretty long for a fighter, um, you know, but but a lot of them come in at 21 and some of them are approaching like, you know, 35, 36 at this point. You're like, hey, this guy's been in the sport for a long time. Um, with that being said, you know, the, the chance for redemption and the chance for a journey, you know what I mean? Like we talk about journeyman fighters all the time. And like, I just think snuffing that out because of something like that might be, uh, but I, that sort of a lost record, I do kind of understand. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get where he's coming from for sure. It's like you said, yeah. the preeminent, you know, promotion should have the only the cream of the crop. Yeah. That's, that's also, that's also really hard to do as well, because like you said, it's when, especially if a fighters, like if a fighter loses two in a row, uh, okay. But like, if a fighter's winning and then losing and then winning and then losing, that's even harder to, to try to figure out. Like, I don't know, like, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think it should, should be, be the case at all. I, all right. Yeah. Thank you for the question, Rhino. Yes, definitely check out Rhino's podcast. It's definitely a staple in the MMA podcast rotation. Love that guy. So this next question is from Seth, the MMA catfish. Hey, Julie, old baby. It's MMA. Oh. No fucking event tonight. What's in the fuck juice? You remember when we talked about Eric Anders before. And once again, he was one of those people that I came down on because of being so fucking inconsistent. He shows moments of amazing skill and then just performs like absolute dog shit. And tonight is a prime fucking example. Your boy is in there looking good, tearing shit up, about to get a finish, certainly going to fucking win the fight at the rate it was going and after last week's bullshit, that dumb motherfucker is going to throw a fucking illegal knee and get a fucking no contest because it's still the first round. What in the fuck, man? I'm telling you, that dude needs cut. That is an amazing lack of IQ out of someone who has been fighting in the UFC for this fucking long and right on the heels of a championship fight that gets fucking stopped for an illegal knee it's ridiculous it's inexcusable on the level of incompetency and man i don't know what else to say but fmp hey. dude i'm crying he came with the fire he came with the fire you know what happens is usually um usually he will send in the his his question at the end of the event or sometimes the next morning in both cases a little tired sometimes subdued he's like hey let's talk about this this was interesting here's my thoughts blah 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 
the energy dude <laughs> he sent that mid card <laughs> he sent that right after the the fight well right after the Anders fight <laughs> he was just like i already know what i'm talking about and just fucking went dude yeah it, it's honestly the more i'm thinking about it the more i realize like i wasn't as hard on on anders as i probably should have been because he's the thing he's right like you can't as like as a ref, right? Like you can't factor in other fights, especially of the person in there. It's always like in a box, like the fight has to be encapsulated in that moment, in that window where the other fights don't necessarily matter. But like he said, we just, you're also supposed to learn from past experiences. And the fact that, and I mean, I think Anders does watch the fights pretty regularly because he, he tends to kind of interact with us on MMA Twitter. How do you not sort of learn from that? And it, it does speak to a larger issue about the rules. Like I said, kneeing a down fighter is instinct. That's something that should be done in martial arts training. But in a sport where there are rules, that's against the rules and they have to train that way. So it, it, it's unfortunate. I, I don't think he should be cut like <laughs> MMA Catfish was saying, but what are your thoughts, Leo? Yeah, uh, fuck, yeah, it's tough. It's such a tough thing to talk about just because, like, you know, I mean, it's more about, like, the calls that are coming afterwards from the refs, you know, no contest, you know, disqualification, all that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean... At the very least, he must have known about the controversy from last week. <laughs> you know, like, there's exactly. not, not a way that he couldn't have known about that stuff. Like, he wasn't just, you know, not doing anything. But and he, anyway, um, uh, he, uh, no, yeah, I don't think, I don't think they should cut him. But, but yeah, it's, it's fucking tough. It, I don't, this one stumped me just because, like I said, it, I understand you want the, the fighter to always, you know, know what's best in that situation and obviously know the rules and whatnot. But like, honestly, like um, let's do Eric Anders and Peter Jan international fight week. <laughs> How about Eric Anders and Peter Jan, uh, Peter Jan rather coach uh, no, opposite each other on tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, that idea. Right. Here's how you can learn from my mistakes. Here's what yeah. not to do. Yeah, and they that's just what both Eric would say. Them. And Piotr's like, okay, when he's done, make sure that you pretend like you didn't hear the ref. <laughs> so, I'm so biased. Bro. <laughs> Sometimes I, I like to think I'm professional to a certain extent. And then other times I'm like, let me just lean into the non-professional aspect of what You I have do. to. That's what makes this podcast good. That was a perfectly timed drink as well. Leo just took a drink. He's like, that's what makes this podcast good. Little drink. Is that your impression of me? Because your impression of me is just you talking. Yeah, we sound the same. We almost sound exactly the same. Is we literally I can't. I can't. I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> we got to get video set up. Get video set up for this. I swear. <laughs>
right. All right. Moving on. Enough games. This next question is from the Australian homie Pat Tobin. Here we go. Hi, guys. Hope you're well. Pat Tobin here. I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts during the week. Eugene Barryman, um, the coach at City Kickboxing, came out and said that he uh, didn't think that Whitaker was the, the front runner for a rematch with Izzy, but thought that Darren Till was uh, the the biggest challenge for Izzy left at the middleweight division. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed to hear that. Just I, d- I just don't see it. I think that Till's kind of tailor-made for Izzy. You know, Izzy's the most elite striker in that division, and Till showed that he's, he's you know, purely a striker so just can't see how he's the biggest challenge he's you know he's lost three of his last four fights he's his only win was a split decision win uh he did lose a unanimous decision to rob whittaker so yeah just wanted to get your thoughts on on that comment and also who you do think is the big biggest challenger for izzy at 185 i do think that izzy's shown that he is the elite fighter in that division definitely the elite striker uh, but yeah, i think that Maybe I'm a little bit biased. I, I think Rob Whitaker, although I don't think he beats Izzy, I think if he comes in with a better game plan, he's the guy that that you know could pose the most problems. Even though he didn't, obviously, in the first fight. Just want to get your thoughts on that, and uh, hope you both well. See you guys. This is such a great question. So Eugene Behrman has. Maybe I should give you. I, I feel like I always go first, and I I take away too much of the. No, 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 no. Okay, no, you you go. I don't like talking. Go. Okay. Eugene Behrman used to be like one of my favorite coaches. Yeah. He still is, I guess. I mean, it's it's clear that they know something we don't about when it comes to striking. And you hear him talk. He's he's done um, in the past really amazing interviews, right? Like he, he did this great one with Ariel one time where he was talking about how he almost walked away from coaching. I don't know if you remember this. Izzy has talked about before one of his teammates passed away, which almost made Izzy quit fighting. And it was very emotional. Eugene ended up going and, and that, that honestly also made Eugene want to quit coaching. And they ended up going to like, I, I guess a belt was on the line and, and they, they were given the belt and he ended up like putting his, the belt down where he was laid to rest, which is like just such a powerful, you know, story. And um, Eugene said he was talking to, I think one of his mentors or something about whether or not he should continue. And because he thought that he had like maybe failed that guy who ended up passing away. And, and from a fight, by the way, I think it was like, he took too much damage oh, or something like that. Okay, it okay, wasn't just okay. like he, that like, it was a situation where it was because of that, either like the next day in the hospital or something. And the guy said to him, the mentor said, would you trust anyone else to coach these kids? And at the end of the day, Eugene was like, no. So he kept going because he wanted to make up for that. So already like he has this great, amazing story. And I'm glad that he did that interview to get that story. I am of the opinion in general, coaches should not be doing interviews. Like what the fuck, man? I don't follow other sports, but I'm pretty sure most coaches don't do interviews. They may talk to the media. I think, I think they uh, certainly go to like press conferences and things like that, but to go on like shows and podcasts and be doing these interviews, man, like this is what gets you into trouble. Like saying shit like this, it's so dumb that he would say that. And I haven't heard the interview. I think I saw a clip floating on the timeline or just like, I don't have the energy for this right now, but to say that 
Darren Till is the toughest challenge. Like Izzy has said in a while, like he really admires Till style and he thinks that's the matchup that should happen. But even Izzy said, he always followed that up with saying, yeah, he's got to keep winning. He's got to fix whatever's going on. And for Eugene to be like, yeah, let's fight Darren Till. It's a bad look, dude. Like they already fought Yo Romero on a two fight skid. It just is is a, is a bad look. And Eugene has said once already something that got some flack where I think John Jones was still the champion. And they were like, do you want to move up and fight John Jones? He was like, no, if anything, we want to move up and fight Stipe. Uh, I was just like, oh, come on, dude. So th- there's already like, in my opinion, Izzy needs to go back, rewrite the wrong and go back to 185. Now, that's not rewriting the wrong because that would be going to, to 205 or whatever but i'm just saying like he needs to get back to dominating the 185 pound division to answer pat's question about what who i think is the toughest uh matchup or whatever for me it's still rob whitaker like he he's proven since the izzy loss that he's still the second best middleweight in the world that's it because darren was was one of the guys that they thought could could do it no rob shut that down Cannoneer was supposed to be like even as he was like he's the dark horse of the division rob shut that down it doesn't matter i mean at a certain point you have to stop doing it but right now with rob continuing to win you have to do that fight and i think he's fighting costa next like they're going to rematch or not real he's going to be i mean in my opinion he's going to beat costa and then and then izzy and him should rematch but like that's the fight dude it's rob it's always going to be rob he's the he's the next guy yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I mean, I don't know about coaches, you know, not doing inter- interviews ever. I mean, like, you know, some insights. It's just my but, opinion. I mean, sometimes but, they get good ones, but. Right. But you, but what you've noticed is that some coaches will say some weird, strange things. Um, I guess because like, you know, conceptually the idea uh, for coaches idea is that their, their fighter can do, they know they can, their fighter can do anything because, because of the potential that they have in their current divisions or, you know, what they've been doing. Uh, uh, hmm. it, i'm getting really stumped on these uh yeah i he just he you know is he is he on his own like i said you know saying saying cannoneer saying these people like he's kind of already been doing this he's kind of setting it up that he just like that's who sounds the most interesting to me and i think he's being very inclu- completely honest and that for some people a lot of people want to say it's disrespect towards rob or disrespect towards any of the other people that are on the list but you know is he just saying like honestly what he thinks is going to be the most and and i think you are right that um style stylistically the matchup for izzy would be i don't want to say a cakewalk but it would definitely be suited towards the type of of person he could definitely outstrike darren till like you know what i mean like it would be it could be a battle but uh, one that Izzy would probably win heavy-handedly just because of his his quickness. Um, but right. like you said, yeah, I think yeah, Robert Whitaker is, is definitely the answer for that. I mean, you know, uh, who was it? Who was the other person that fought? Um, oh, uh, uh, Yoel Romero is not obviously in in the UFC anymore. But like, it's weird that both. Um, I mean, I don't know if Yoel Romero made the excuse i think it might have been i don't think he made any excuses but paulo costa obviously was like i drank so much wine before i fought oh, it dude. like come on man like like don't don't say that first of all don't say that but also <laughs> don't fucking say that but then again <laughs> but i would say like don't say that but then like another thing i would say is don't say that like you know man it, 
like the fighters that go like ugh, fucking who's the i mean the grossest person to me is fucking conor mcgregor about it mm-hmm. like it's so gross it's just disgusting the five weeks four weeks later that right hand shot you can't see it but i'm setting up perfectly beautiful stuff it's i'm like stop it you're you lost the fight that like, was a great um cockney a great, mcgregor yeah, yeah cockney mcgregor i love it um anyway regardless um and, and just anyone making any sort of like type of excuses and Paula Costa saying that and now like which is which sucks he can just say that and now the questions start and it's so annoying how fast that happens it's so annoying that he can say one thing and everyone's like well maybe Costa should get back in there with him it's like that's not cool dude he could literally say like you know what i mean and then everyone made the joke about john jones like fucking being on cocaine and like doing all these binges before he fought and stuff like that so it's just weird like that you can say something and someone's like yeah like oh that makes a lot of sense yeah you definitely look like you were wine drunk in there <laughs> like, oh my god so so i i think that robert whitaker is definitely 100 the the person for Izzy, um, like I said, it, it's a it's a change of game plan. That's let's hope that he can adjust to. Um, because we've seen adjusted game plans. We've we've seen. I mean, D- Dustin Poirier is a perfect example of that. Yep, is like literally the perfect example of like a game plan change that successfully knocked Conor McGregor the fuck out. Oh, sleep, dude. Mm. Uh, but anyway, I just mean that like like. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Like for me, Dustin's change change of game plan was like, oh, that makes sense. But for some reason, Connor's change of game plan to come back to Dustin doesn't make sense to me. Like I'm right. like, that's not gonna happen. Like for some stupid ass reason. Anyway, um, with that being said, uh, yeah, I think um, I think Robert Whitaker is the is the thing. Unless, uh, like I said, if if shit, no, yeah, it's Robert. Yeah, that's it, dude. And I think and then, he laid out perfectly. Like, it still probably is a bad style matchup for him, but he could come in with a game plan that could make it. Look. Either way, I do think the fight would look different. I don't think it would be like the identical fight. Yeah, but then at the same decision, time, but but you know, if Paulo if Paulo beats fucking that's what I mean. That's what sucks. If Paulo beats Robert Whitaker, then the, the question is just like maybe he was wine drunk. Like you know, like it, it's, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. He can say one stupid ass thing, and everyone's like can literally bring it up. Like let's say Paulo like dust Robert Whitaker amazingly. It's just gonna put more validation. Like well, don't drink any wine before the fire, or else you'll lose against Izzy again. Like come on, man. Like I know. Fuck. We smoking uh, that Paulo Costa pack. Um, that motherfucker. I think that, that kind of uh, neatly wraps up that question. Next up, that's it for voice questions. So I had a uh, great DM question from the homie AP Brox. Love her. Um, she says, you're probably going to get a ton of questions about iPoke Gate. So I want to <laughs> skip ahead to UFC 260. And the fight I'm most excited about, Ortega versus Volkanovsky. Right, by the way, Volkanovsky. She spelled it right. I didn't say it right. I don't know why I put a P in there. Ortega versus Vol- Volkanovski. Both fighters have only one loss. How do you see this going? You think Big Dick Energy Ortega gets the belt? I think it'll be Volk's toughest fight so far. I'm a fan of both guys, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. This is amazing. So I, I remember seeing this tweet a couple weeks, maybe, maybe it was last week, maybe it was the week before. It was obviously from like a hardcore Volkanovsky stand or, or something or just someone just trying to say some controversial shit for clout that was like 
Y'all must have forgot Brian Ortega literally had to get boxing lessons from Max Holloway mid fight. And you think he can beat Volkanovsky? And I was like, oh, that makes sense. But when you think about how his last fight went with, with the Korean zombie, honestly, that makes it more intriguing. And I think she's right. Like this would, this is going to be a really tough test. It depends on which Volkanovsky comes out because like before he fought Max or even before, like, what was his last fight before Max? It was was it Jose Aldo or Chad Mendez? I think it might have been the Mendez fight, but when he fought Jose Aldo, it was like just a kickboxing match. But all of his fights before that, like especially the Darren Elkins fight and the that poor schmuck from Canada that just got absolutely brutalized by by Volkanovski Jordan something. He wrestled him. He wrestled him a lot. So if he does that, he could get caught in a triangle. That could happen. Um, and I think Brian Ortega's ground game is going to be the elusive factor in that, but more than likely Volk is going to want to keep it standing. And I see it going badly for Ortega kind of like it, it could, like I said, what, what she brings to the table of, of, of him being his toughest fight is it could end up being true. And I, I could definitely see that because he has that X factor, but from what I see of, of how, the writing on the wall is Volkanovsky is going to, I think outpoint him and it's going to be just a, a decision. It's t- it's tough. Uh, we might end up with, uh, it's a very high possibility. We might end up with a uh, Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate situation. Mm. There is a very, I, I know you think that that's the case, but like, it's weird. Everyone's like, uh, even DC was like, and Volkanovsky and, um, and you know Brian Ortega to go at it. You know you got one of the you know you got the champion, and then you got one of the best strikers. And then I was like, <laughs> "Excuse me, DC, did you say Brian Ortega is one of the best strikers? Like that's not what he's known for. He's yeah. known he's known for his jujitsu being of an elite level, like of the highest level. Um, just fucking people up with that jujitsu, and like <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand why." First of all, don't don't sleep on Brian Ortega. Number one, BDE. All right, yeah. let's go. He's got it. Um, <clears throat> but also, like, <sighs> it, it, yeah, B and BDE stands for Brian, by the way. Yeah, Brian Dick Energy. Yeah, it's just him. <laughs> yeah, he, he he invented it. Um, anyway, uh, with his anyway, we're not gonna go there again. We already did the last time. Anyway, anyway, uh, he um, uh. I think it's going to be a good fight. And and I think the deciding factor will be jujitsu. I, I, I really do. I think that, that Brian's path to victory isn't striking. It's, it's, it's relying on his jujitsu. It's him hopping on Volkanovsky and just pulling the cup Swanson shit. Just fucking cranking that neck. The only way I think that that is going to be a factor is if he can get to the clinch. That that to me is going to be the yeah. like how it's going to if it's going to happen because he doesn't have the wrestling to get it there. It's right. always reactionary. You know his jujitsu has always been reactionary at least as far as in MMA. I haven't seen much of him like his his jujitsu game. When if it's like a straight grappling match, um, right? But Volkanovski, if he doesn't use his wrestling, it's not even going to go there. But if he decides if he ties up with with Brian Ortega. It's gonna have a tough time. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be an issue. I think, and I think they will. I think that they both are are pretty good strikers. I mean, especially with you know Brian's last performance. You know that war with with Korean Zombie like showed that he you know 
is a good fighter. Um, he fixes just, his striking. It's just one of those. Enough. Yeah, it's just one of those things that like. Yeah, I, th- I think I I don't know. I think they're going to strike for a good amount of time, but I I think there's going to be a couple of clinches, and I think Brian's gonna. I think Brian's gonna fucking whoop de poop scoop him. I I I I'm not gonna lie. I think he's. I think uh, I think Volkanovski's gonna. I love I think Volkan- I, Yeah, I think Volkanovski's gonna get choked out. I really do. I think Brian. I think Brian's gonna. I think Brian's gonna get the belt, and then Max Holloway's coming back for what's his. Yeah, dude, that would be the most MMA thing to happen. Like we talked about with Megan, but no, this would actually be, especially because it's been, like I've been sort of a doubter of Volkanovski. I've just been like, oh, Max, Max, like Max is the fucking champion. And yeah. then like, the one time I'm like, all right, dude, like Volk era. And then <laughs> Brian Ortega comes in and is like, nope, let me get this submission real quick. Dude, yeah, I just, insane. yeah, I think, I think that that could, I mean, not to, not to trash on Volk because Volk is amazing. You know, yeah. Volk, Volk really, really put the pressure on, put the pressure on max which is like a weird sentence to say when you think about who max holloway is mm-hmm. he really put a lot of pressure on max so with that being said um you know it, th- those high pressure situations of someone kind of coming towards brian could end your neck being strangled so you know mm-hmm. it's uh yeah we'll see it, it's a good it's a good matchup i will say that i will definitely say it's a very good matchup um, I mean, obviously, even if MMA math doesn't make sense, but, you know, we could be running into a, like I said, a Misha, Rhonda and Holly situation of, you know, this person beats this, this person beats yeah. that, you know, we could 100%. run into it. So when you, when you said, by the way, when you first said Misha Holly situation, I, I didn't hear Rhonda at first. I didn't, th- I thought you were talking about literally that fight where Holly's winning until the last second when Misha choked her out. Like, that's what I thought you were going. We were I going. mean, it could also be that, which would be very <laughs> exciting because that was such an exciting fight to watch. Hell yeah, dude. All right. All right, so that, that does it for uh, DM questions. Let me get into the Twitter forum. There's only two, and Great. God bless both of you. Um, this one is from the Jive Master, Ben Kylie. He says, Does Edwards rematch Mohammed next, or do we move into a fresh matchup? All right, I'll stop doing the fucking terrible dialect. But uh, we move. I think we. I think we. We kind I of answered a little bit, but I think we move into a fresh matchup. The more I think about it, I, I, I want. Uh, I would like that to happen because Bilal. Here's the thing. Remember, guys. Like he stepped up. Like that's the right. that's the thing. Is that that's that's what's so unfortunate about it. It you know, and I uh, I don't know if you, I was watching the 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 at the post by analyst desk, Leon Edwards was there and Michael Kiesa's on the table and Leon Edwards like eight fight win streak, tough, tough division in sport. All these guys didn't pick up to their phone. And, and yeah. then, and then Michael Kiesa was like, well, I didn't, I didn't get a call. <laughs> like, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like obviously, yes. you know, he didn't eat Michael Kiesa didn't want to engage too much, but he definitely was like, well, I mean, you know, I don't remember if anyone like, calling I'm me, and I'm and I'm, I always forget about Kiesa, dude. Like he's he's up there now he, in the, in the welterweight rankings. Is he, he's he's ranked? Yeah, he's higher than Bilal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, with that being said, I mean, you know, uh, it's weird. Like I said, Leon's in a in a strange spot, but but to yeah, be, because of the fact that Bilal stepped up, I don't think there's going to be a rematch. Um, not now, at least. I think Bilal's going to probably fight. Um, someone else and leon's gonna get something else something else is gonna shake out um 
be, it's only because Bilal stepped up. If Bilal didn't step up to the plate, um, being a you know number thirteen against number three, you know, and he was like a, you know maybe six or seven, and that happened. I think that would be a little bit more obvious, but because of the fact that conversations are being had and it just took so long, I mean, you know, remember how this whole thing started? You know, it was Chamaya, like, yeah, Hamza. was at the very, very far back. Yeah. And, and then Leon's like, no, no, I want someone else. Okay, see one more Thompson. Why would I fight him? Oh, he's because so you won't dude. fight anyone else. <laughs> okay, let's get Chamaya. Okay, no. All right, dude, hey, if you don't fight Chamaya, you're fired. All right, let's go, I guess. Nine five yeah. one streak. Let's go. Oh, Chamayev out. Fucking getting murdered by his. They replaced him with yeah. a bad fake or whatever. Yeah, no big deal. Um, just happening in a different country. He's definitely being replaced. He's already been replaced already. Chamayev doesn't exist anymore. He's already been killed in a ditch somewhere, replaced by some guy that's not going to be as good. Let's keep going. Um, with that being said, um, Chamayev wasn't stepping up to the plate. He had a lot of stuff behind him. Bilal wasn't the first person that was supposed to be fighting Leon Edwards either. Again, like I said, it was Chamayev the and then yes. yeah, who said yes. So that's what I mean. It's so strange to me. I just don't think that that's going to it's going to go to a rematch just because like you said, I mean, we would hope if, you know, in three or four weeks um, when, uh, you know, when Bilal heals up and whatnot that like the UFC was like, hey, like, thanks. But, but it's not that mm-hmm. way. It's not it's not um, don't work that way. You know how it is for me, and I didn't realize it until he framed it this way. And I'm, and we, we've said a bunch of things about how we feel about it and this, the whole situation and what should happen. I don't want a rematch, okay. but I want Leon to want a rematch. I want him to be like the gentleman thing and be like, okay, yeah, it was an unfortunate situation. Let me go and prove I'm the better guy. Let's let's run it back, and then that should be rewarded with. Uh, you know what? Fight Gilbert Burns. You know what I mean? Not him being like, oh, fuck him. Uh, let's get a title shot. Like, no, dude. That's yeah. where I'm at with it. And, and yeah. that's what I think is like the main problem for me. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. No, no. I don't think there's going to be a rematch. Um, I, yeah, there's I, there's not. Yeah, the way the UFC money machine works, it just doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. I think the I think uh, the Chimaev imposter is going to come come through. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if if buffer raises name it's his nickname isn't the wolf anymore it's like hamzat the imposter jemaya it's like two on the nose and he has a beard glued on <laughs> and the hair lip is like surgically done <laughs> it, guys hamzat <laughs> definitely got replaced by a dictator jemaya <laughs> Could you like honestly, if that wasn't the biggest story in MMA, if they tried to pass him off, he's like, "Hello, yes, I am Brian." <laughs> could you imagine? Could you like, God, I comedy needs to not have any consequences. Like, I don't wish any. Exactly. I know I don't wish anything terrible upon Shemayev, but guys, but the comedy. I the comedy behind the idea of him actually making it to the ring and everyone being like, that's, that's not him. That's not Shemaya at all. He has a, a, a beard glued onto him. How did he get to this fight? How did he get this far? Oh my God, dude. <laughs> well, anyway, um, yeah. that definitely isn't what's happening. Shemaya is definitely in, in not so good shape, but 
you know, if the dictator wanted to replace him, he could with the guy with the beard looking just like him. Well, dude, plot twist. What if Kadyrov is the fucking replacement? What if he shaved? <laughs> I and he can't. comes in and is like, I tried, I tried to get <laughs> He's got those fucking crazy eyes. And oh, and he and he wins his next fight via like TKO and the ref pulls him off and he's like, no. <laughs> oh, this fight man. is over when I say it's over. Oh my god, dude. God, the comedy uh, would be just gold. I would love it. I'd fucking frame it on my wall. Yeah, yeah. I'd paint I'd I'd paint a mural of it, honestly, in my on my house. I swear to God, dude. Swear to God. Not even joking. Not even joking. It'd just be the best thing ever. God, could you imagine? Because it because it, you know what's so funny? It's because the hypothetical is so funny to me just because of the fact that like we're making that joke because I mean, it's kind of racist of us in a sense. Like, well, I'm like, mean, it's, being a, like, it's a fucked up situation. But I just mean like the idea that someone like actually would kill someone and replace them with another person, like, is so like like it's such a crazy idea. But like the fact that it could happen and right. like what followed after Chimaya being like, okay, I'm retired, and then he's like, well, you're not. You're not though. <laughs> you know, what would be the most cutty rough thing to do is if he, he doesn't change his appearance. He just goes in and they're like, oh, uh, Mr. Kadirov, why, why are you? And he's like, no, I am Hamzat. And they're like, yeah. hello, like, yes, I am Hamzat. I am Hamzat, the wolf, Chumayev. Sign me up. <laughs> and he's like pointing the gun. And he's like, I'm going to fight Leon Edwards. And they're like, okay. All right, all right. They're patting him down. He has clearly like a, a razor blade hidden in his glove. And they're like, you can't have that. Yes, I can. It's time. Hands him a bag of money. Yeah. This is legal now. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, anyways, I'm going okay. to off on that tangent. Yeah. Uh, next question is from <laughs> Pizza Ship Vibes at Yugi MMA. My homeboy. This is guy's a fucking the most amazing guy. Um uh the ipoke podcast is his show amazing show he says why is charles jordan such a stud dude the guy just knows something dude speaking of last week's question we should have mentioned charles jordan on the list of who has the biggest hog in the ufc like i said imagine if he changes his nickname (laughs) charles hog jordan wow that would be great um uh i just realized if i'm uh, uh become an mmi fighter that's gonna be my nickname please let's have it. oh wow Jackson. yeah you had to tell bruce to make sure he says it just like that why is like, your name hog you're a vegan <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah you know what i mean hey, but hey. i'm not saying but you, you know i'm not gonna say but you know what I mean? <laughs> but take a look you know what i mean just take a quick look <laughs> What? Uh, here's what I did. I took that key and I locked that motherfucker. <laughs> oh man. Um, I don't know, man. Like I said, it's the I, tattoo I, for me. I painted the picture pretty well. 
earlier in the podcast like like his corner was scared of him like just so sick. his corner was like oh, but but what what, 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 I don't, what are we supposed to do in this situation like you, you can't just say that you you can't just say that you're gonna become the champion that's not possible it's not even it's not even relevant he's like no it's me dude i'm i'm gonna fucking be the champion someday and i gotta beat him right now in this damn dude you know what's Fuck, so funny just, dude it's, it's a, a lot, lot of a lot of criticism from corners comes from if they don't give super technical advice and they just say something like James Krause did against Julian Marquez when he, when he was like, you just need to finish. You just go in there and just fucking get him. Like, you're not, I need to finish. Go. And they just like scream things. Jordan took that and flipped it on its ear, dude. Like they were trying to be like, okay, watch out for the cat. And he was like, no. <laughs> and he's just like going. Dude, yeah, it was amazing. great. He just took it. He you took don't give it. me advice. Like, I give you advice. Yeah, I'm giving myself advice. Fuck you. You're fired. All the corners fired. I don't give a damn. Imagine, dude. Imagine if Jordan in his next fight he just brings a mirror <laughs> instead of a corner, and if the cut man like working on his thing, he's like, okay, so what do you think? And he's just like, mm, and puts the mirror right on their face, dude. He's just like, yeah, anyone. <laughs> It just, it literally is like a perfect size, like face size mirror. So like he puts it over someone's face and he only sees himself. He's like, yeah, tell, tell him what you want. It's or, someone else's body. He makes all me. his corner men get a mask. Because <laughs> 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 masks are required, but it's like a, it's like in, what is that movie Point Break when they all had like the Reagan masks? <laughs> yeah. and it's like all the Jordan mask looking all <laughs> shitty like that. And it's like, okay, so what should I do? Yeah, yeah. that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, all three of you are right. You're right. Or you should get one of those suits, you know, the ones that like, uh, like have a bunch of dummies on it. And then like, they all do the same motion. You know what I mean? Like with a yeah. little stick connecting them, but it's yeah. just him in the middle and he fights that way too. He fights with six different dummies on the side of him and he just fight. And it was like, which is the real one? He's like, ha I knew I'd win. <laughs> and like the uh, broadcast is like, why is he announcing what he's going to do before he does it? Cause he's his own corner. <laughs> Like, okay, uh, throw the left. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Okay, now do that flying shit. Why, dude? I don't know. And he's a stud because he is, man. He just, exactly. like I said, if anything, if anything showed us, I mean, you know, you see it all the time. We've already talked about it, but just like that, just in between that, that two and three, like him on that, that stool is really just like, so it was such a powerful thing to watch, to, to watch and then implicate. Like, it mm -hmm. wasn't like, like you said, it wasn't advice. It was just, it was just like, it's the definition of grit of like biting down on your, on your fucking mouthpiece and going. And he made himself do that. It reminded so, me so much of Izzy versus Kelvin Gastelum going into the fifth round when he was just oh, like, yeah. got to go to that place. Yeah, and then I'm not going to die here. Fucking, yeah, he was like, I'm ready to die. Let's go. Like that was the fucking subdued version. And Charles Jordan is like, no, let's fucking get this championship. Even though it's not a championship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He said, fuck it. I'm going to make it a championship. I don't give a fuck. Damn, he did such a good job. It, it actually reminds me of, I was thinking about this when Davy Grant was fighting because Davy Grant was on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, season where uh, Rhonda and Misha were the coaches and Rhonda was, he was on Rhonda's team. Rhonda brought her mom, her mom, who is notoriously like, like a helicopter mom. Like, you know how stage moms are really bad, but like for judo, like she was that like, you know, domineering parent for Rhonda's judo career. She, she comes in and is like, 
she's talking to Davey and you know, Davey has kids. Like he mentioned, he had kids back then too. And they were like, uh, she was asking him, I'm, I'm like getting chills kind of thinking about it because it, it was such a powerful moment too. When uh, he, he was like, yeah, I have two kids at home. And she's like, imagine if that guy has your kids. Or, or, or imagine if your kids are behind you and the guy's trying to take them. There's no fucking way you're going to lose. There's no way you're going to let that guy take your kids. <laughs> Which was like, she was exactly like, she was saying it as like a motivation, but she was trying to paint a picture of like, no. And she made it so real, dude. And like, <laughs> that's what Charles Jordan was like. He was like, there's no way I'm losing this right now. I need to get fired up. And he's just, oh my God. And he did it. He just put it, he put himself on his shoulders and ran. <laughs> and ran up to the fence and jumped off it and punched him in the fucking chest. God damn, bro. Amazing. What a, dude. what a great fight. What a fucking damn. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. The more I think about it, man, it's got, it's, it's got contender for, for, for fight of the year for me. Now that I, I'm like really thinking about the way that it, the fights unfolded, that fight unfolded. Cause we've got some pretty good fights this year, but that, yeah. That 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 the 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 talk on the on the stool is pushing it to the top of the list for me, and it's also recently recency bias. But but the talk on the stool is definitely like wow, holy shit, fuck. That might be the craziest thing I've ever heard you say, but I can't I can't even argue with it because you you laid it out in such a specific way. Air Jordan, like. <laughs> So French, so French, so, and the fact that he didn't get fucking the the fight of the night. I know, and that's like whenever I see like when you when you hmm. when you told me he didn't get fight of the night, and you listed off the bonuses, I'm like, okay, well they just didn't do a fight of the night. They're doing performance bonuses, and he <laughs> still didn't get one. Well, yeah, just because those other ones were so clean, it was just like they're all like in the first round and his was kind of like coming back from adversity, which in my opinion makes it that much more amazing. But in the UFC, they're like, no, let's reward this like fucking quick stuff. Fucking exactly. Quick punch. Yeah. Spectacularly stopping everything. No fucking short Don. Like, I, I, I don't know if I said this earlier, that motherfucker better have gotten an under the table, like discretionary bonus yeah. because they publicize those um, uh, performance bonuses. If they didn't give him one, I'm going to fucking write Dana a strongly worded letter. Yeah. Yeah. Was just, <laughs> urgh, I'm so mad. All right. Okay. Well, um, that's the end of the forum. That puts the, that puts the forum to bed. Let us now move into the portion of the show where we talk about Rick Astley for five minutes. All right. <laughs> um, My favorite part. Let's now move into the next fucking next week's, week's card. Brunson versus Holland. Great main event. Saturday, March 20th. Goes in uh, perfect sync with the launch of the new Threadhead Media site. And we got a fucking banger. Great, great main event. I'm I'm very, very excited. I mean... As far I as mean, like middleweight prospect fights, it doesn't get any better right now. And then yeah, Derek Brunson's a prospect, but it's like a contender. Like, like a contender for the belt. Well, we'll, 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 we'll get to the, the breakdown of them. Uh, let's let's see what. Oh boy! Anyways, oh wow! This is actually yeah. really nice. Yeah. So the, there's there's great fights. Let's start with the first fight uh, on the main card: Cheyenne Buys versus Montserrat Ruiz. Who do you got? Um, 
I'm going to go with uh, Cheyenne. That's great because I am going with Shadow Lady. Montserrat. Yeah, for some reason she doesn't have a profile on um, on UFC. They don't have a picture, but uh, I've seen her. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, definitely definitely a fan of her. I'm a fan of both ladies. They they both come to fight, and uh, I just uh, this is gonna be this is an underrated fight. I think they put this. They're both. I think they're both making their UFC debut. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Um, the fact that they put these uh, ladies on the on the main card on their UFC debut should tell you something. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a hell of a fight. So, um, yeah. So that's our no. choices. Yeah, please write them down so that uh, you can send right. them to me the morning of uh, the fight, so I remember yeah. who I'm supposed to be rooting for. Exactly. The casual. By the way, just to provide the curtain, the other day we fucking. You guys obviously know from listening to last week that we didn't um, we didn't uh, pick the all the correct fights last week when we were talking about them because the UFC's website was dog shit and it was just all over the place. But um, so Davy Grant wasn't one of the fights that we covered, and that ended up being on the main card. And Leo texts me, "Hey, who did I pick for this one?" And I was like, "Well, we didn't." And he goes, "Well, I picked Davy." So <laughs> I was it's like, true. "It's too late," but but me too. Damn, I, I picked um, him for the the league that I was in, but. Um, <laughs> all right on to the next on to the next uh it's a welterweight fight between song Kenan and max griffin who mm. do you got uh yeah i think i think i'm gonna go with song wow two yeah, for I two think, because yeah. i got max yeah i think uh I think Song's gonna do something spectacular, and guess what? I don't know who this guy is, but he's gonna. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm high on Max Griffin right now. He, I, I I can't remember if it was his last fight, but he got absolutely like brutalized by Alex Morono, I believe it was. But before that, he's had really good wins. He had word against that fucking cheating Russian dude, fucking Imadayev or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, was like a crazy fight, but Max beat the shit out of him. Um, he also beat the dog shit out of Mike Perry. We stand that. So got to pick my Max Griffin on this one. Yeah. All right. Um, let's go to our next. The big one. boys. We got a heavyweight fight between Ty Tuivasa and Dantel Mays, and it's pretty simple for me. I'm going with the Shuey. With Ty yeah, Tuivasa. I knew you were gonna go with Shuey. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'll go with them too. I don't want to pick opposite. Uh... No, I'll, yeah, I'll go. No, I'll go with Dante. Oh, you really? You are? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. So I guess I we're gonna so. be just completely opposite. I'm loving that actually. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those things where Don Dante Mays had some good performances on the Contender Series. That absolutely fucking worked. Uh, he got absolutely worked by Cyril Gunn. So, why are you smiling? You give me like this weird smile. No, no, not, not smiling for anything. I think you're right. Yeah, let's see what this. What's what's our next fight? Uh, the next fight is Gregor Gillespie versus Brad Rydell. It's a lightweight fight, 155 pounds. Mm. Um. Damn. Uh, I'd probably go with Gillespie. Perfect. 
You're going with Gregor Gillespie, and I am going with Brad Rydell. All right. Wow, we're really opposite this whole. We're, are we we're really opposite. I, I love it actually. I'm, I'm really loving this. And and honestly, are we, like, are we opposite the whole to Gregor Gillespie is a fucking MAGA guy. And Damn. Kevin Lee. <laughs> Kevin, he, he's he's really talented though. I mean, but Ke- Kevin Lee sent him to the Shadow Realm. And there isn't a doubt in my mind that Brad Rydell can do the same shit, dude. Brad Rydell, first of all, showed excellent takedown defense in one of his fights. I can't remember. It was this Russian guy that was just, or it might have been a Dagestan guy that was just like wrestling him. And and, and Brad Rydell beat the shit out of that guy. Brad Rydell, city kickboxing guy, amazing fight IQ, um, amazing fight. Got got to go with him. I just, I love his his style. So All right. It has actually nothing to do. I, I said that to kind of like, say why i don't like gregor gillespie but that doesn't isn't why i'm picking him or picking against him isn't why i'm picking with brad Riddell. it's more like my faith in city kickboxing even though as we talked about like rhino's question is like that fear is kind of gone now with that group because of what you know Jan did and in some ways that could be the same thing like we got it's a classic like grappler versus striker matchup like gregor's gonna try and wrestle and brad's gonna try and kickbox so we're gonna see what uh how, how it goes down and i think brad is gonna come out on top yeah um so the main event the main event kevin holland versus Derek brunson kevin holland's ranked number 10 stepping up against number seven and i've been looking forward to this fight for a long time i uh dang i think uh i think the hype train continues i think kevin holland's gonna get it done i love that you said that because i I'm gonna go with Derek Brunson. Oh wow! <clears throat> okay, I mean, Derek's great. It's just I think the hype train of Kevin Holland is. It's... No, I've been uh, <clears throat> I've been kind of on the fence, but I've mostly been leaning Kevin Holland, and I think I just want to stick with the fact that yeah. we're going to be completely opposite. I just for some reason I'm obsessed with that right now. And, yeah, uh, I was very high on Kevin Holland for for the last year. This motherfucker went on Joe Rogan's podcast and said that his girlfriend had COVID really bad. Mm-hmm. So oh, dude, why do I keep on picking troublesome fucking <laughs> I could, fighters? I could not believe he said that, dude. It was so, it's such like a slap in the face to anyone that had COVID. He was basically saying like anyone who had COVID is weak or whatever. It's like, it's just a, it's a mindset. Like, I don't give a fuck. And then it's Joe Rogan mindset. even gave him it out. He's like, well, you didn't have it that bad. Like he, he was basically asymptomatic apparently from what I've heard and from what he said. And then he goes, yeah, but my girlfriend had it bad and I was fucking her the whole time. Like, <sighs> I can't imagine that would even be consensual, dude. What the fuck, man? It was just so gross. Yeah. So anyways, I'm picking Kevin Holland. <laughs> All that being said, not changing my fucking pick. All that being said, bro, come on, dude. I hate that you know all the history of these people because I'm just like so casual over here. I'm like, I'll pick this guy. You're like, oh, did you know he used to fuck dead dogs? <laughs> did you know that he fucked dead dogs before? You can still pick him, but he fucked dead dogs. He talked about it on a podcast that was never fucking published before. I found it though, and yeah. I know that he used to put his penis inside dogs' cadavers. Anyway, but and did, I'm did such you know? a good friend too because I'm yeah. waiting until after you get your pick. Yeah, you're just your way, and I'm like, I picked this guy. It sounds good. Did, did did you know he used to 
beat up Asian people for no reason? Did you know he used to rob Asian people? Did you know that? I'm like, what? I didn't, I didn't know that. And you're like, anyways, I'm picking the other guy. Um, yeah, so he like fights for all these things and like his wife just died. Um, and like he's really just fighting for her honor and everything. But yeah, I'm picking that guy. And who are you picking? The dog fucker? The dead <laughs> dog fucker? Cool. All right, guys. Anyways, next week on Friendly Sparring Podcast, I'm like, guys, I didn't know. And Juice is like, well, here's your, here's your lesson. Like, oh, okay, well, I, and I never learn, and you never tell me <laughs> every time. So bad, you literally were just like, "Yeah, the other guy, MAGA guy." <laughs> Shit, you know, you know how I know that? Actually, I want to give a shout out to G oh. um, from the Wocast. Uh, she she was she covered uh, UFC two forty four when Gregor Gillespie went to the fucking shadow room. Trump was at the fights, and he was that was like. <laughs> she interviewed the fighters on media day and she had this whole thing that i i love where she was like what do you want people to know she would every fighter she interviewed she would ask like what do you want fans to know and he wanted people to know that he's excited that trump wasn't was going to be at the fights he's like oh i'm so happy the president's here i love him i love trump i love everything about him mm. i was like dude mm. just go back to fucking fishing that's why like even before he went, it's not even the trump thing dude like gregor gillespie would fucking get on the mic and John Eddick was like, do you have a name? Perennial top 15 guy. Anyone who's like, no, we're not going to call anyone out. You know what we're going to do, John Eddick? I'm going to go home and we're going to go fishing. He would always talk about fishing, dude. Someone made like uh, New York Rick had the idea and, and someone came through. He was like, hey, someone make that meme of the fucking distracted boyfriend meme of kevin of gregor gillespie ignoring the top 15 and calling and talking about fishing <laughs> amazing fishing. literally like the turnaround was like greg gillespie the ufc rankings was the girlfriend and the hot chick was the fucking uh, that's fish. Great. i was just like that's perfect. great i don't know like i said i mean you know i'm just i'm i'm still pretty fucking casual i watch it every weekend but i'm still casual a lot of the time um so but thank you for for it's giving me the you, information. You don't obsess about it as much as I do, and and I I actually thought you may have seen that because one thing you do, <laughs> the, first of all, like you said, it was like obscure podcast, like it was the Joe Rogan experience. And, but one thing you do that I've learned is you're a lurker. Oh yeah, you, dude, I'm the worst lurker. You scroll through social media and don't like anything and don't. Post no, anything. absolutely but I thought not. You would have seen it on the timeline. No, no, no. I definitely didn't see that. Like I said, I mean, if I did, I wouldn't have paid attention to it, but I don't know. It's not saying that I don't like that stuff, but I don't yeah. know. Anyway, we're That's at the end. Show. We finished this great show. It's very fun. We were talking a lot about, you know, here's the thing, guys. I could be Tamayev. <laughs> you don't even know. Next week, they'll put me in there in the ring and you'll see me trying to fight Leon Edwards. What if it's fucking in the toughest division in the sort? And then with a beard, he comes up and he's like, Yeah, I just came here to fight. Leon Edwards. My name is Hamza Chamath. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I love it. I love, yeah, that's a good Chuck Liddell impersonating Chamath. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, uh, you know, final thoughts on I this. I just want to smash, brother. Smash your boy or whatever he says. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's good. Right <laughs> so, man, just why is he so simple, huh? What do you What do you think about that? Huh? Can I get paid now? 
<laughs> he's a professional fighter for some reason. He, he comes out as Chamaya. Yeah, but I'm supposed to get my show money because I he came in the Chamaya costume. <laughs> he comes back as Chamaya is a professional fighter, was a professional fighter. All he cares about uh, the money. Any money here? This is an appearance, right? <laughs> I told my manager, five minutes, that's it. Yeah, I'm going to step in the octagon for five minutes and sign autographs. As Chemayev, right? I'm crying. Chuck, Chuck Chemayev. Hamza, the Iceman Chemayev. Oh, oh, <laughs> the Iceman. <laughs> um, damn. Anyway, anyways, guys. So enough about the imposter syndrome for fucking Chemayev when he gets back there. If he does. If it's him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I'm excited for next week's fight. I mean. And then the fight after the the fight night after that is going to be amazing. Um, it's been really fun doing these podcasts, and I'm fucking having a ball. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Oh, also, happy daylight savings time to anyone who fucking hates this day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, before I forget, um, I tweeted about it, but we should announce it here just in case. Um, change the at on the Twitter. It was just bugging oh, yeah. me. I kept thinking I need to keep it at FWM for so long for people to be able to find me, but no, it's at friendly spar pod. Yeah. Twitter has a character limit of 15 characters for your handle. And I typed in friendly sparring and it cut off the G it was friendly sparring. And I was like, I kind of like that, but at the same time, I don't want someone to like, think I said like, it's friendly sparring and they type the G and whatever. Yeah, yeah. At friendly spar pod comes in right at the fucking limit. So love it. Yeah, just yeah. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell Randy Gonzalez. We've already said this uh, a bunch of times. Yeah, and remember, give us all five star reviews um, every time. And just like, just like I said, uh, I don't care whatever you guys. Um, you know, if you guys don't like us or we say some stupid stuff or like we talk about how like a fighter you know had sex with dead dogs or something like that. But um, you know, don't cancel us yet. But just tell your friends to just put it on. Like, just tell them to buy exactly. a bunch of different devices and then just push play and walk away. Exactly. You you yourself listening have more than one device. Why aren't you putting it on multiple devices? Yeah, and, and you know what? Put download. And then you know what? After it's downloaded, delete it. I don't care if you listen. Mm-hmm. Just 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 get our numbers up so we can we can start raking in the dough and then start doing giveaways so you guys can be excited about listening to our fucking podcast. And and here's something else. If you if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, I will read it live on air. Oh, I like that. You guys get a nice little more personalized shout out from Juice. And I will listen and I will never read any reviews. I know. Especially about me because I don't like people talking about me. So stop. <laughs> Whoa, it took a weird <laughs> turn. Here I'm like, oh, I'm loving the amount of praise that my co-host just keeps keeping on. You're like, don't talk about me. <laughs> No, but really, I mean, you know, just just tell everyone to play it. Like, just yeah, you know what? Be that guy. You know what? Be that guy. Yeah. Or girl, the girl that like is at the water cooler or whatever, and they're like, "What did you get into?" or whatever. Like, what you? And then you're just that person that's like, "Listen to this podcast." And they're like, "I don't know." And you're like, "No, just listen to it." And they're like, "Here, I'll download it for you on your phone." And then like have everyone's when you're done talking with someone about our podcast, everyone's brow should be furrowed hard. Like what just like, what? Like, God, that's so annoying. And then 
they'll just remember. <laughs> so honestly, annoy the shit out of your friends with our podcast. Yeah. We're trying to make some dough over here, okay? I couldn't have said it better myself. Annoy Why your do we friends, all, uh, every, every time we fucking, and, hey, it's fucking Maron. I mean. Can you imagine if absolute mobsters listen to the show? Like, can you hear these fucking. I'd love it. Yeah. I'm happy that we're also being stereotypical about them listening, but also that whenever they're listening, they're like, listen to these fucking guys. Like, for some <laughs> reason, they always talk like that. This fucking Gabon. Wow. Is that what how he thinks we sound? Yeah. Yeah. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> he thinks he knows Bobby Knuckles. <laughs> hey, I'm fucking telling you. I fucking know him. What if there's a guy named Bobby Knuckles listening like these motherfuckers everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> ruin him. <laughs> It's still in there, ruining Sully my damn name. name of Bobby Knuckles. <laughs> Sully in it. Um, but yeah, so just be that be the person that makes everyone's eyebrows furrow uh, after you've done talking to them about our podcast. Right. That's what I want. I want I want you guys to make people so uncomfortable with how much you recommend our podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's all we're asking for. That's all we're asking. So that's it for me. For Leo, I've been. Juiced. I'm gonna stay on. Oh, I'm gonna stay on. Uh, you... oh. <laughs> and we're not gonna end the show. You, you, you can get off. I'll, I'll, I'll do the rest. Okay. Please. All right, man. See you around. All right. Bye. Okay. All right. Hey guys, welcome to the to the podcast where where I talk about. <clears throat> Is this thing on? <laughs>